0: people suck. Wow. No. Alright, it's
1: time for another week of Hand 4 G or Radio. This is episode four seventy one. Uh, for april twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. The year's already a quarter of the way over. Are you ready? Oh. Yeah. Are you ready? First quarter is Are you ready
2: to die and get old?
1: What?
0: Actually, the
2: dark. year's almost over. I
1: think if you do it in that order, it's broken, though. If you die and then get old, that's that yeah. shouldn't be how you do
2: it. You go to hell you and you smell.
1: die. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> uh, you want to feel old, that particular comment is what now, 20 years old?
2: Probably.
1: Is South Park that old? Yeah.
2: South Park is that old.
1: They just hit oh, their yeah. 20th season? It started
3: in the the late 90s, right? Yeah.
1: Ninety-seven. Well, it's exactly it. twenty years old then, because this is two thousand seventeen. Holy! Shit, where does the where does the time go? Goes to hell, <laughs> and it dies, died. and it dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, on the show this week we've got Drew. Hey, hi. We got Jack. Hey. Bonjour, now. And we got the wombat. Rah. He's going to piss off the entire He gave us a preview before the show. He's like, "I'm going to piss off the world."
4: Fire, I'm fired well, up today. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. I'm not that fired up about it. It's just I
1: was going to say it's Sunday. How fired up can you be? You got to go back not, to work tomorrow. Yeah, not
4: very. Not very. Uh,
1: all right, uh, Drew. You want to talk yeah. about some video games? I don't know what I could talk about.
0: Oh,
1: I, I thought we checked embargo before we started.
2: I cannot talk about the birthday game,
1: oh yeah, that is that out this week?
2: No, that's May
1: fifth, holy shit, okay, so you can't so talk can't, about the birthday game,
2: yeah, can't talk about the uh, birthday
1: the beginning, the birthday or something birthday birthday the
2: beginning? the
1: beginning essentially it's minecraft, but Japanese
0: mm
2: no,
1: that's what the that's what I thought I saw,
2: no, but I can't talk about it, unfortunately. Well, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying it. to
1: figure out what it was.
2: Well, it, it's basically... It's kind of. It's like Spore.
1: Oh, okay.
2: The Will Wright game.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: um, but, like I said... I mean, I guess I can give a synopsis of it. As I, was, I was
1: gonna say, you could say what it is, I assume. I'm just curious what it was.
2: It's a game where um, the player has to manipulate the environment in order to create life on, uh, basically you have a cube and you're supposed to create life starting from the you know, the simplest single-cell organisms all the way up to, I, I guess, humans.
1: Oh, okay, so it is Spore. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I have been playing a lot of that. I can't talk about it, though. though. I can talk about the Silver Case.
1: Oh, yeah, Suda.
2: Out now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Suda51's first game um, came out originally in 1999, only in Japan. I think they had like a fan translation that came out years later, but this is an official release. Uh, It came out on PC late last year, and now it's coming to PS4. Suda51 is a very strange man. He is. Yes. He makes very strange games. I've played a lot of them. I'm actually a fan of his. Um and I I would say the the strangest game I've ever played of his was probably Killer Seven. It's a pretty weird game. It's a very strange game. But now that I've played the Silver Case, that is the strangest game I've ever played.
1: <laughs> Poor Killer Seven.
2: Um I don't I don't I don't I don't like playing that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what kind of game is it for those in the unknown?
2: Let's say it's a point and click adventure game. Okay. Where you you take the role of, well, you actually I think you play as multiple people, but um you are a cop in a Neo Tokyo kind of thing. And there's been a string of murders um, that look a lot like a string of murders that happened in the past. And you're trying to connect the two uh, because, well, the, supposedly they got the killer from the first string of murders. But then this new string is exactly the same M.O., but you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's strange. It's hard to follow because that's how Suda works. Um, but the point-and-click adventure parts of that game are really archaic. Like, you move around in a 3D space in a very small box. So the, the, the entire game takes place on this screen. There's, like, a small box where you're moving around. There's other boxes that, you know, have different... Uh, different things will pop up even just like weird messages and stuff like that. But the movement is very strange. I don't know why they did the movement that way where you have to, you click to move forward and back and you press, I think it's L one or L two to look up and down. And, you know, depending on where you're facing and what you're looking at, you can uh, interact with certain things in the environment. Um, The puzzles Holy shit! The first puzzle itself—if I didn't have a guide with me—I wouldn't have figured this shit out. Um, I don't know.
1: It's not like I, I, uh, it's not like traditional point-and-click puzzles where, like, you find thirty-seven items and then you just try them on everything in the environment.
2: No, I would say this is like a weird hybrid combination of like a point and click adventure mixed with like a, a first person dungeon crawler. So it feels like you're in like an old school persona game or Etrian Odyssey where you're moving forward in, in basically squares. Um, but then the, the, the puzzles can get very intricate. Like, I, I guess kind of like zero escape series because some of those get pretty tricky. Um, but these are, woof.
3: So it seems like you're just not having fun playing the game. Is there anything about the game that you like that other people might kind of latch onto? Because I the mean, game did review okay in some outlets. Like it's sitting on seventy three on um, Open Critic right now, which is yeah. a it's a decent score. It's like better than a lot of games. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, the story's kind of crazy. I mean, it's I would say it's grounded in reality as best as it can be. Um, but it's, it's like a cop drama, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, uh, who this killer is, what's going on, but there's some weird supernatural things that may be occurring to, um, I mean, the story, I mean, it's a story driven game. So, yeah, I mean, the story would be the, I, I guess, the selling point for it.
3: Okay. I mean, the story is generally why you play adventure games, so I guess that would be a good selling point for the game, if that's true. Yeah.
2: Okay. But that's, I mean, I don't know. I just, it feels like a chore to play to me. Yeah. It's, it's the, the, mov- the movement is, woof man. <laughs> like even just trying to get used to the movement is a little
3: weird.
1: This is an old game, I guess. Yeah. I can't imagine they had a large budget to remaster it or whatever they did to it.
3: They uh, actually added a few new cases to the game uh, when they decided to remaster it and put it out. So there is new content for people that did actually beat the original game. But uh, I played it when it first came out on PC, but I never got too far. And I got swamped with other things. And uh, I like some of the parts, like you were saying, like the story has a lot of potential. With how it's setting up uh, this big old mystery of this Kamui killer or whatever, and the supernatural aspect, whether that's kind of like you know psychosomatic or whether it's something based on reality, you don't know. So it'd be something that I'd be interested to uh, you know kind of see how it unfolds. But I'd probably be better off watching a let's play of it rather than playing it myself at this point because I, I don't I don't really feel like playing it too much.
2: Yeah, they play that. Um, I played Persona Uh, Five. How
3: how far? How far have you gone? I
2: am in the third dungeon. Uh, okay. Um, that I mean, man, that that game just keeps adding stuff. Yep. And the thing is, is that they. In the original, like Persona Four and Three and stuff like I say, for original. But in the Persona Three and Four, whenever you wanted to develop a social link, all you had to do was really was just find it. But in this one, there's certain social links you can't even begin until you get your, you know, either your proficiency or your guts or your, your different types of attributes up high enough.
3: Uh, they so, had some of that in Persona Four as well, but not as much as there is in Persona Five.
2: Yeah, there's there, there's multiple social links I can't even start yet. Um but not I mean that's a quality game. I I really enjoy it. Um it but it that's one of those things where you have to have the dedication to put in the time for it. Um and I played a lot of Overwatch.
1: Yeah.
2: I just That's what it that's what it all goes back to. Yeah. It all just goes back to Overwatch.
1: I hit level 300 last night.
3: Oh damn. Yeah. I'm
2: nice. not even that high.
1: <sighs> it's, it's always always, <laughs> always matches now with like 4 and 500 guys and it's getting starting to get serious.
3: I wonder if there's like those like level 1500 guys and On the Xbox as well.
1: Uh, the highest guy I saw was 962.
3: Still pretty high.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure I'm not playing with them yet because we're not there. Right. But yeah, there's definitely. I've seen. I see silvers a lot more frequently now than I have for a while. Yeah, got my third star last night. Like, holy shit! I play this game way too much.
3: <laughs> it is a game that just keeps on giving for sure.
1: It's weird because they're. Uh, truthfully, I really want them to make that Kings Row map like a alternate version in the regular game.
3: It's uh, gotten a lot of positive reception, just like how Junkenstein did as well. So I have a feeling they're gonna do a lot more PVE stuff, if not make like a dedicated horde mode at some point. Oh no, no, I, I want the map. Uh, like in rotation
1: map? in with Kings Row, like in the in the regular payload map,
2: it's the same. Though. It's the same. Yeah, same but it's map. but
1: it's a different color scheme. It's brighter. I guess. I, so it's I like just it's like Kings yeah, Row. like a skin version of the map, like they've done with like the holiday maps, like the the you know the Christmas stuff laying around. Mm. just Maybe. just make it just make it an alternate version that that you know flows in the regular rotation. It'd be a nice change of pace. I've seen hmm. I've seen all those maps a million times except for Hanamura. Hanamura is like the lowest rotating map on Xbox. It's ridiculous.
3: Is that is that by design or I I it might
1: just be my luck. I, I don't know, but like every time it's kinda of become like a running joke when we play. I'm like, are we gonna play Hanamura? Nah, probably not.
3: Uh I play Hanamura all the time on PC, so I, I don't know.
1: Never I I played it once last night through like twenty matches. Hmm. I'll okay.
2: tell you this as far as the competitive stuff goes, they've changed the competitive to where, uh, it's now a percentage. Like, so you had to cap, um, a point, uh, by a percentage, not just, you know, if you get the cap or not. So they, they did it to make sure that nobody, that, that there'd be very few, um, draws in competitive. And because of that, Hanamura, if anybody doesn't know, Hanamura is like one of the easiest, uh, points to the first point is one of the easiest to capture. And I swear it would, it did, they didn't even give us like, if you, if you get wiped once you're screwed kind of thing. Um, and they really pissed me off. Cause all they did had to do was stand on the point for one second.
3: And that was it. <laughs> well, that and, just means you, you guys didn't do enough, do enough of a good job on your attack phase though. Yeah. But I
2: mean, if, if, well, yeah, no, I mean, that was the thing it was like both of us, you know, held off the whole time but then after both rounds we went to a tie and then they had to do a tie breaker and the tie breaker was oh tracer just you know skipped past everybody and jumped on the point for <laughs> how not many, even a, a
3: split second how
1: many times but, have you been playing on any map where within like the first 30 seconds you'll hear i'm taking the point
3: yeah <laughs> um in that case, all you, all you have to do is just keep one person on the point. They can, they, can, they can never get, like, 1% on it. But I know what you mean. Like, when the system is new and people are not aware of what needs to be done, like I can see people just sneaking around and just getting that 1% or 2% needed to get the game. Yeah.
1: Stupid games taking up my life.
2: Yeah, that's. Overwatch has ruined me as far as playing games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, even last night, you asked me if I wanted to play Marvel, and, like, even if I hadn't decided to wait for the character wipe, I was already, you know, knee deep in Overwatch, so I was going to tell you no anyway.
3: Yeah. Fucking Overwatch. (laughs) Well, I mean, I wasn't to Overwatch probably more than you guys, and I stopped playing that to play other stuff oh so there's there's a way i yeah. took
1: i took like a two week break before this last event and then like as soon as it's like crack like as soon as I took that first hit again i was i was on it every night,
3: yep. You get, that, you get that first loot box that's free, and you're like, you got any more of them loot boxes, man? I'll
1: tell you what, this has been the worst event for me, luck-wise. I've only gotten two of the skins, and they're for two yeah, characters I don't play a ton of. I got I got Torb and, and Ryan's skin, and I don't play them a lot. So.
2: I got Reinhardt and Mercy's.
3: That's man. all I've got. I got Genji from my first box, and I was like, yeah.
1: The right. skin is cool, but truthfully, I don't play... Like, his and Widow's are the best of the bunch, and I don't play either of those characters very much. Maybe give, give you an
3: incentive to play them or something. I don't know.
0: Eh.
1: I haven't even played as Ryan since I got the skin. So.
2: I play a lot of Ryan. So.
1: I did finally get an Orisa skin. I play her a lot. And she, it, her, the skin I got, she looks like a, a robot dog. <laughs> it's kind of awesome.
0: But,
2: yeah, I mean, that's I mean I that's all I've really played review games and and then just overwatch,
1: <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be playing a big review game next week, I guess, yeah, you, you excited for that yeah
3: does it, does it start with, does it start with a, P? It starts it with does. a P? yeah, okay, cool,
1: hopefully we'll have that next week I'd I, like, um, I would like to have it early, that would be nice, you know.
2: You know, here's the thing. I don't know what to expect from Prey.
1: I don't either. I haven't followed it, like, at all.
2: I, I haven't either. I, like, I, I saw that first cinematic trailer, and I'm like, okay, so it's supposed to be like a System Shock
1: kind of game? Yeah, it's got kind of that um, the futuristic sci-fi kind of weirdness to it. I don't know. It could be so. the sleeperhead of the year. I mean, Bethesda's first-person shooter games have been pretty damn good lately,
3: so...
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited to give it a shot.
3: Yeah. Well, when, without spoiling anything, I've seen one recent video, just kind of on a whim because I didn't I didn't know what to expect, like you guys. Uh-huh. But what I saw in the footage is that uh, the aliens and uh, you, as well, after a certain point, are able to possess basically anything within the world, and I mean literally anything from like corpses to pieces of furniture. Like in, they can, you can possess like a cup or like a pencil or something, right? So when you're looking around an environment, literally anything can be a monster, and you kind of have to be on your guard and use that to your advantage uh, in some ways. Because if you destroy the object or something, like they can kind of destroy that, destroy the enemy easy. But uh, if you if you don't see them coming, if you if they sneak up on you or something like that, that can be bad news. So I think it kind of breathes that feeling of paranoia. Which is something that you don't really get too often in uh in video games, so that that ought to be interesting,
1: yeah, so it's geist can i can I possess a bowl of dog food
3: probably if there is bowls of dog food, but it's geist ex- if all the other enemies could also do the same shit that you do oh well, which is kinda of terrifying, yeah, I
1: don't know I'll play it probably if it's yeah, like...
3: nice me too, I'll play it too
1: all right,
2: but yeah that's it for me
3: all right uh jay you want okay uh well I played a lot of stuff um, and before I go over my like like final thoughts about what I you know what I think about persona five and all I'll talk about some of the review games that I played um you know because we had that one week break I'm not even sure what I talked about two weeks ago
1: yeah I don't remember I usually only go back a week when I do that
3: yeah um, but I did review uh, sexy Brutal. And um, that's a game that got a lot of really positive reception, but I didn't know what to expect going in. And that's kind of a neat game. You're, um, you're able to relive a 12-hour span of time where a bunch of people in this mansion are getting killed off left and right. And uh, you can kind of rewind time and try to save them. And that's what you do. You just kind of go around saving people. But the problem is you can't actually directly intervene uh, you know, you can't be in the same room, you know, just like grab them by the leg or arm and say like, yeah, you can't go in there. You're going to die if you do. Because if you're in the same room with somebody, then something bad happens and you start dying. So you can't you can't do that. So you kind of have to sneak around. You have to hide in like closets. You have to hide in the other room, look through keyholes, see where they go and try to figure out a way to save them indirectly. And uh, I like that. It's a fun concept because that's like reverse hitman. You know, you're stalking someone not to kill them but to save them. And I thought that was neat. But the big problem for me is that there's only one solution to every problem, meaning there's only one way to save every person. So, you know, that that kind of takes a lot of the creativity out as far as what you're doing in the game. But the game does have a really interesting story, especially for a game of its size. I wasn't expecting a story this ambitious. So, if you're interested in the concept that I just said and uh, the story, you know, if you like good stories and like a interesting twist in video games. Uh, have that, Have a look at that. I also finished uh, Rose in the Twilight, and that is possibly one of the most depressing and disturbing games I have played in a long time. Uh, and that's a weird thing because I don't uh, when I play video games I don't think like I'm going to get all oh, this is going to be the saddest game I've ever played. <laughs> this is gonna this is going this is gonna depress me and disturb me in ways that I didn't think about. And yeah, this game actually kind of did. Because you're playing as this girl who is kind of like infected or like uh, with this disease, like like a curse of some sort, where she has a rose uh, growing on her, and what it does is that it is able to like suck in blood from other like dead bodies and like objects and things like that, and she can manipulate the time and objects by basically taking away their color. And the thing about it is that she dies and she comes back to life. That's something that she can do because of this disease slash curse that she has. So a lot of the progression in this game has to do with her killing herself in really like terrible ways. And she's like this like cute, innocent little girl, and you, you have to just watch her die over and over again in some really, really disturbing ways, like guillotine, Iron Maiden, hanging, like all sorts of weird and ter- terrible ways. Like you don't want you don't want this like cute little innocent girl to die for no reason. And then it's, you do that the whole entire game, and the game like kind of like unfolds itself to be even more weird and crazy. Um, yeah, I liked it, but damn, that's you know, just it's it's, just know what you're getting into. You're not. You look at the box box art, and you see like this cute girl with like a golem you know next to her, and she, you know she's like reaching for something. It's like oh, yeah, that looks like a nice cute indie platformer. And then you go into it, and it's like one of the most depressing things you've ever played. So just keep that in mind. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> weird, man. I say I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, but that's that's what I got. I I actually played and finished Outlast two, but unfortunately I can't talk about it. Um, but I will say one thing: if you're if you like Outlast one, get Outlast two. Yeah, that's just that's just how it goes. <laughs> you know, you're not going to regret it either way. Um, and finally, um, I'll just talk about in in relative detail with Persona five because I managed to finish that within the. The two weeks we've been off, and um, that's a game, the more I think about it, because I, I like to write about games when I'm playing them, uh, especially if I want to talk about it in a podcast or if I'm reviewing it, I have my trusty notepad next to me, and the things that I wrote for Persona 5 or spans like three pages of notes, and I'm not even reviewing it. These are just like little things that I kind of gathered, like when I'm playing through it all, oh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's that's kind of a neat thing that they do. And the more I I mean The more I played it, the more you know that I would just kind of filled up my notepad over and over again and it 's truly kind of brilliant in a lot of ways because the way the mechanics add to the overarching storyline and how it goes with the overall theme of uh, rebelling against uh, authority and trying to fight for your own uh, individuality that 's a theme that kind of resonates from the, from the very beginning of the game till the end. And the way the social links works is that they refer to the social links or your confidants as uh, wings in your – I mean uh, feathers in your wings of uh, rebellion, which I thought was uh, really, really beautiful in a lot of ways because that's what it feels like. As you're kind of learning the things about the other people, you see how they've been wronged by society and wronged by other people uh, in authority. Uh, and how they, they're being taken advantage of, and helping them out and kind of seeing them grow as characters is always a very heartwarming uh, kind of thing to do. And, you know, from a, from a gameplay point, everything that I liked about Persona has kind of been revamped and renewed in a lot of ways. Uh, all the, the combat, the dungeons, uh, the social links, everything just feels more meaningful. And um one other thing that people don't mention, because... I guess no news is good news in this aspect, but this is one game without any any technical issues at all. You're not gonna have any frame skipping. You're not gonna have any slowdowns. You're not gonna have any crashes. You know, like if you think about all the like AAA games that's come out recently, you think about games like like Zelda. You think about games like Nier. Those games all had their you know fair share of technical issues. Um, you know, even even games like Yakuza Zero and other games that I've all you know, even Neil has some issues as well. A uh, few, you know, far between, and they kind of vary in uh, how how crazy they kind they kind of get. Zelda probably being the worst of the bunch as far as the the severity of the problem goes. But Persona Five doesn't have any of those problems. It's such a it's such a polished game from the very beginning of the game until the end. And when you're talking about a game that takes normal people about ninety to a hundred hours to complete that is an accomplishment that they were able to polish every aspect of this game so well that there isn't a single problem that you will run run into the, uh, throughout the course of this game. And without without going into like story details about everything with all the characters, they were Persona 4 and 3 they kind of leaned too much on their tropes, like things about like Chie liking steak too much and Yukiko's dumb laugh that she always does. Persona 5's characters feel more human because they have these little you know quirks as well, but they don't lean into them as much. They're more they're more kind of uh layered, you know, as as far as their personality goes. And I really appreciated that. And it kind of went along nicely with their personalities, uh, because this is a more mature story compared to Persona Four, which is basically like a scooby doo anime take on, you know, like you know find the find the culprit kind of business. And I really enjoyed that about the story. This is a story meant to be enjoyed by a more, uh, I guess, like an older audience, so to speak. Uh, Even even though it's kind of set in the whole, you know, cliche high school era and stuff like that. And lastly, when I finished this game, and I finished clocking clocking in at about seventy five hours, and that's quick compared to most other people. The first thing that I did after finishing the game is that, uh, you know, I enjoyed the credits and everything, and. I immediately went to New Game Plus. When you play a game for seventy-five hours and the first thing you want to do after finishing it is to start over again, you know you have something special there. And I feel like uh, persona five is gonna be one of those games that's gonna be talked about for a long time to come. And it's gonna be a part of the like, dialogue because they're gonna they're gonna release a new version of Persona Five. It's gonna be like a Persona 5 like in you know, a definitive or whatever. They've coming already to put switch. in a, uh, <laughs> Oh, that guy that you mentioned—that's uh, <laughs> be fine. I do hope that it does come to the switch because, for the love of God, switching games and Persona Five would be great on the go. You know, with like hibernation you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah. But uh, final thoughts: Persona Five, and I didn't write the review, but if I were to have uh, the subject or the, the title of the review, would have been style and substance—the easiest, easiest subject slash title that I could think of. It just came to my mind, like, instantaneously as I was playing through the game. And I'm surprised no one used it in their review. And that's a shame, because this is a game that doesn't choose between style or substance. This is a style. This is a game with style and substance in spades. And yeah, yeah that, that's it for me. All
1: right. So, Ryan, you ready to blow up the internet?
3: I think Ryan, Ryan's uh, already blowing
4: up the internet. Ninjas. I really don't think it'll be that bad. <laughs> I know, I'm just going um, you time. So uh, let me just get some other stuff out of the way first. All right. Um, I played um, a decent amount more Horizon because uh, I'm trying to go ahead and get through that and finish it. I had taken kind of a pause on it with uh, MLB The Show. And so I kind of got back into it trying to uh, to finish it. I still love that game. I still think it's fantastic. Um, I still find new things to enjoy in it every time I boot it up. So um, definitely still playing and enjoying that. And then uh I played uh quite a bit of Zelda. Zelda. Uh so so disclaimer out of the way first. I love the game.
1: they have already forgotten uh, you said that.
4: I know. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm uh am I couldn't give you an hour count. I think I'm 27 shrines in, but that really doesn't um
1: how that many really doesn't how many divine
4: beasts Zero, Um, because what I decided I was going to do first is um, that I was going to just kind of explore the map, right? And um, go wherever I felt like I wanted to go. Um, Really, I just kind of guided myself by landmarks or by towers. So I would find a shrine, uh, like I'd, I'd see a shrine from a high point, and I'd go to it. And then from the shrine, I might see a tower, so I'd go to that. And then from the tower, I'd see a couple more shrines, so I'd go over there. And um, I have made my way, um, despite only being 26, 27 shrines in and not having killed any Divine Beasts yet, I've made my way across a good part of the map. Um, Not all of it, but most of it. Um, I've been, you know, to the Rito Village. I've been uh, right up next to the volcano thing. Um, I've been uh, to that... um, Snowy mountain in the west where there's like the archery range where you can fly. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about.
1: That's uh, north of the Rito Village, right?
4: Yeah, it's like a, there's like a big mountain up there that's yeah. like super super cold. There's uh, um,
1: there's something at the top of that mountain.
4: Yeah, I know. That's I, so I've been up to the I've been <laughs> up around the top of that mountain. I've been most most of the places, right? But I wasn't really my goal wasn't really progression yet um again i'm playing this game with a six-year-old and so what we do a lot of times is oh that looks cool let's go there that looks cool let's go there that looks cool let's go there um so my uh which has been a blast it's been awesome you know i love the i've mentioned before i love the travel in this game i love the climbing despite the fact that i think you tire out a little too fast um but here's my frustration is one of the main selling points of the game, right, is go anywhere anytime you want to. Um, You can fight any of the beasts in any order you want to. You can go to any of the shrines or any of the towers anytime you want to. You don't have to kind of do it in order. Which is great. um, And would be fantastic if it weren't for the stupid weapon degradation system that really puts a damper on your willingness to explore and here's why um i spent the last two times playing it in some of these sort of far off places that i know most players aren't going to go to first right most players probably went to kakariko village and then kind of wandered up northeast over t- towards the zora and um kind of followed that path and i know that's the path the game wants me to follow Because of the damage that the the weapons do that the enemies have, right? Mm -hmm. So up in that direction, most of the enemies have your clubs that do like 12 or 13 damage. Well, the last couple days have been a lot of fun because I've been fighting stronger enemies with weapons that do like 40 damage um, with sort of weaker stuff. So it was a challenge, but with all the different – it was a good example of how good that combat system can be um, when it wants to be. There's a million different things you can do to kill enemies that are stronger than you and take their weapons. In just about – I have played almost – I shouldn't say that. I've played a lot of open world games, and in just about all of them, one of the primary hooks for exploration is if I go somewhere I'm, quote, not supposed to go yet. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to get good gear out of it, right? I'm going to get good loot out of it. I'm going to get good weapons out of it, and that's the case here. But the problem is now that I'm going back and I'm going up to, like, where the Zora are, I don't want to fight anything. I want to run away from everything because I know if I use my powerful weapons on them, they're going to break, and the only thing I'm going to get to replace them with are weapons that do, like, 12 or 13 damage. So I lose my powerful weapons that I got by fighting strong people by going back and killing trash mobs. That's the opposite of how it's supposed to work, right? I'm supposed to build up on the trash mobs, fight stronger people, get their weapons, and then I can go back and kill the trash mobs easier. That's still the case here, but now I have to worry about those powerful weapons breaking and replacing them with junk. That, to me, is backwards, um, and it, it kills the hook of finding an awesome weapon when you haven't cleared out all the places with the crappy weapons yet. Uh, so I know this is a frustration of my own design because I, I didn't play it in the right order. Um, but it's frustrating still to, to go back and get attacked by, you know, five monsters that are all holding level 12 weapons and my big hammer that I just got breaks and now all of a sudden all I can replace it with is a level 12 hammer that's, that's not enjoyable to me um, one, of the, one of the big pluses to me in open world games is the progression of weaponry and the fact that if I take a chance and fight a monster that's a huge pain in the ass and that is going to be really tough for me based on the gear I have now at least I know if I beat them, I'll get awesome gear that I can keep. Um, and that's just not the case here. I don't get to keep it because if I swing and miss at something um, or I swing and hit a whole bunch of things, all of a sudden, boom, now my stuff breaks and I got to replace it with junk because of where I'm at on the mat. Uh, so I know that's uh, – like I said I know that's a frustration of my own design. No, you
3: know Ryan like I don't I don't think that's fair for you to say that for about yourself because this is a game that encourages exploration, right?
4: It does. There, that's yeah, that's what I've been told, right? Is that the, the one of the pluses to the game is the fact that you can go anywhere anytime you want?
3: Exactly. Um,
4: just knowing that you're going to have a challenge. And that's true. And I can tell you over the last couple of days I have had challenging battles that were awesome, that were a blast. But now I don't want to go back and do any of the other stuff because the mobs are easy, and I'm going to lose all my cool stuff. And I don't I don't want to lose my cool stuff. I want to use my cool stuff against even stronger stuff or use it against trash and just not have it break. Um, so that – I think as much as I appreciate why they may have put the weapon degradation system in in the first place – um, I don't know that they really thought out the fact that your weapons are going to break, but it's still cool if you want to go and fight all these hard enemies way above your level and get their stuff. Just don't expect to keep it. So that's my frustration. That's my rant on Zelda for the day.
3: I think I think that's totally fair, man. Like I, I can I can see where you're coming from because. A game, you know, Zelda, I wouldn't say has, like, the best combat, but it's by and far the best combat, I think, in, in any Zelda game, right? I agree. We can all yep. agree on that? Yep. So it has a really good, a really fun combat engine, and we want to fight. We want to fight, we want to explore, we want to clear out these camps, we want to get the treasure chest, all these little hidden things in that that we have to use our weapons for. And the fact that you, you know, you don't get rewarded for, you know, kind of going out of your way, fighting things way above your pay grade, Taking them down just through the you know, through sheer will and skill alone. And you take those things back and then those things are going to break within like 15-20 minutes of using them. That doesn't seem like fun. And also, just like Ryan said, it'll encourage you to avoid enemies. And let's be fair. There is stealth in Zelda in this game, but it's not good. It's not good at all. Like, nobody wants to use stealth in this Zelda game because, it's like, it's not designed for stealth. Yeah, you can kind of sneak around the bush, like, pick people up with, like, an arrow here and there. But uh, the way the Kona feel the vision and stuff like that is very ambiguous. The way how they can detect you and stuff like that. So it's not made for stealth. So, you, you know, you add the, all these factors, and I can understand 100% why you're frustrated. And then, like like I said, man, it's not your fault that you feel this way. It's by the game's design, and the game has a flaw in that way. It's not—it's it's not made to accommodate uh, your particular playstyle, and that's unfortunate because it certainly encourages you to play that way.
4: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, it does what it feels like is that it's set up to encourage that style mm-hmm. of play, but not reward that style of play. Correct, um, and that's that's um, where I think the breakdown is. I. I do think the game and its mechanics definitely encourage you to play that way. Um, Just because, you know, you you get up on something and you see something in the distance and you want to go there and explore. Um, You know, it's just not... um, As much as I um, don't like making this comparison, you know, at least in the Elder Scrolls series, not necessarily Skyrim, but any of the other ones... I knew that if I went somewhere I wasn't technically supposed to go yet, it was going to be a pain in the ass. But if I got a really cool sword or some really cool armor out of it, I was going to be able to keep it. Right. And um, and I could I it, the that challenge paid off in the fact that it was going to make the rest of the game easier. That part would be harder, but the the challenge would be rewarded with making the rest of the game easier because of what I had done. And that's just not the case here. You might get it. You get like a it's basically um, going and fighting a monster that has equipment well above your level and killing it um, is essentially the equivalent of drinking an elixir because they both wear off. Um, And that's, I don't know. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that aspect of it, but I still had a blast with it while I was fighting the enemies to get the cool weapons. I just don't want to go back to the spots that don't have cool weapons now. Mm Anyway, anyway, that's where I'm at. Ken's laughing at me. I'm
1: keeping my mouth shut.
4: No, 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 no. Don't keep your mouth shut. What do you think?
1: No, I, I I, don't think your your complaints are wrong, but that's the way the Tell game is. Tell me does. I'm not
4: playing the game the right way. No, no, no. Tell no. me I'm not playing the game you're the right playing way. The game, <laughs> you're playing the game you want to play, the,
1: the way you want to play it, and that's fine. You, um, if we go back to the last show we did, I made that same argument. I wanted to play Persona this way. I wanted to play where I could save, you know, anywhere. And I got trashed for that opinion.
4: So I think th- we're we're arguing two different sides of the coin. No, no, I, 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 I know what you Persona's mean. Not, Persona is not built to mm-hmm. encourage you it's to really not. not save anywhere. Like, this is different. This is the game encouraging <laughs> you to do something that doesn't pay off.
1: But the game also explains to you up front that your weapons will break. So you know going to the higher level areas and getting higher level weapons, if you go back to the lower level areas, they will break. Like, that's that's Absolutely. the way the game's designed. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that that's a legitimate complaint about that design. Sure. But I, the reason that I didn't want to say anything is because I see your issue. I don't have that issue. And I don't want to be that guy that says, well, that's the way the game's made. You should know that.
4: You know what I mean? So, it, listen, I do absolutely know it. But when the game, it's you can't say that's the way the game is made when the game also encourages you to go out of your way. Like, it would be different if the game was more linear, but there were parts where you could skip ahead. And you said, well, you know what, it's your fault for kind of boosting the system and skipping ahead that you ruined the rest of the game for yourself. This is the game telling you, hey, skip ahead. You don't have an order you have to do this stuff in. Do it however you want to. Um, But then punishing you for it. If all the game would have needed is to... And I know people hate loot scaling, right? You don't have to have tremendous amounts of loot scaling here. Um, But you could fix... you You could reconcile both the exploration and the loot system if you just... Um, I don't know. Had had some of the enemy's loot scale based on where you went first, and so you still get you still get higher level loots in different places, but it it doesn't matter where you kind of went first.
0: It
1: it does, but you mentioned specifically that you're in the Zora area. Yeah, the Zora area is a early story area, so it doesn't so, scale. But it, it,
4: but it's it's not, Ken. It's not. Because the game tells you, "Hey, go kill these four divine beasts." There's four of them. Kill whichever one you want. The game doesn't tell you at all that the Zora era is the fir- area is the first area. The the, the you're kind of left to make that decision, and the Zora area is just the closest.
1: It's also on the path. That was my point. No, the game and, doesn't. The game doesn't hold your hand and tell you where to go. But if you follow the path that the game lays out the breadcrumbs, that's the first one you will hit.
4: that That's but, my point. I'm, but I'm it's not... an entire game about telling you to ignore the breadcrumbs. That's—that's <laughs> that's, Everybody that I hear talking about this game talks about how one of the most engaging aspects of it is the ability to go wherever you want to.
1: Look, and I mean, now you're
4: telling me the only way to enjoy it is to follow the breadcrumbs.
1: That No, you are putting words in my mouth about what I said. I said that's the breadcrumbs it leaves you. I never said that that is the way the game. That I never once said that's the way you're supposed to play the game.
4: But but I'm telling you what my frustration is with it, and you're telling me that my frustration is my fault because I didn't follow the breadcrumbs the game laid out for me.
1: No, I started the conversation by saying I understand your complaint. I said it's a legitimate concern. See that. People hear what they want to hear when they hear it. and, and
4: No, 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 no. I said, I... am going to go down and, this path. And, and guys, they're, rewind they're rewind so, the podcast
1: you know. at any point and, and hear me say specifically, you have a legitimate concern, it is a problem. And then I offered my opinion.
4: Your opinion, though, was essentially, not only essentially amounted to, you straight out said um, that uh, you don't want to be one of those guys that says, well... You knew the game was going to do that, so it's your fault for expecting it not to do that.
1: Yeah, and I didn't. I just said that that's the breadcrumbs the game lays out. I'm not saying you had to follow it. I don't okay. think you should have to follow it. Ah, I, I, uh, This is why I should have kept my mouth shut.
4: <laughs> I think, I think here's, here's, here's the frustration from my part, because this is now twice that this has happened. There are legitimate complaints about this game. Sure, and I'd uh, I would argue But I, I feel well. You, yeah, you are. Uh, the whole time I'm sitting there talking, you're laughing in the background. That, that's, that's the same thing, right? There are legitimate complaints about this game, and I feel like it's one of those games. All of a sudden, that you're not allowed to criticize without, uh, getting a whole lot of backlash over it. It's got problems.
1: Of course it does. I. Oh my god. I. Oh, <laughs> I, I I can't win. Uh, last week I criticized Persona, I got my ass chewed. This week I give a, a different take on Zelda, I get my ass chewed. I I don't know. No, the thing
4: is, like, <laughs> man, like when we're You're talking last your week, ass right? chewed, Ken. But just don't don't act like um, don't act like I'm I'm like out on an island being crazy. No, I don't. I
1: it, I I think you legitimately have a concern. I do. I I think it's I think it's a bad design. I, I'm not arguing that. I, I...
4: So then we then we are in agreement. It's bad design.
1: Sure, that's, I never said it wasn't, but I'm just I offer a different opinion, and I feel like I'm I'm vilified over it. Oh my god, it's a fucking so, video game.
4: At the at the end of the day, hopefully we can agree it's bad design, right? I don't like. And
3: I Ryan just really wants that W, man. No, no, no. no.
4: <laughs> it's listen. If it's it's either bad design. Or it's I'm playing the game wrong. If there's, it's not one or the other. It's either bad design or I'm playing the game wrong.
1: I've never said you were playing the game wrong.
4: Okay, I, the so then first it's bad design.
1: Look at my review for the friggin' game. The one thing I complain about in there is the weapon degradation, and that, that snowballs down into every
4: other facet of that game. If they'd have just you know, left it, if they'd have left that out. So it's not that I didn't follow the breadcrumbs. It's bad design. Instead right? of focusing on
3: what's wrong, what would have been the way to fix this problem, right? Just, uh, let's try. Let's keep just... weapon degradation in the game. Uh, I know what you're talking about the weapon scaling, but I think that's that might be slightly impractical as far as. Uh, because you know you, you get all these rewards and stuff like that in shrines, right? That's one of the incentive. You do the shrines, yeah. you get all these like really cool weapons and stuff. So yeah. if you take away those weapons and they end up becoming becoming duplicates, the shrines wouldn't be rewarding. So you would make a different problem on another front.
4: Well, but you still get a you still get a spirit orb, right? So they're rewarding from that. The I, I'm not doing combat shrines for the mm-hmm. weapons, quite honestly, because I burn through a lot more weapons trying to kill the guardians than I actually gain back from them when I kill them. Right. Um, I'm doing them for the spirit orbs. Okay, so you think spirit orbs are,
3: are, are enough of a reward for all the shrines and that's it? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Hmm. I mean, it's nice that they have like treasure chests hidden in them and something just for fun. But that's that's not what drives me to the shrines. What drives me to the shrines is the spirit orbs so I can get my heart containers up.
3: You know, now that I think about it, I think that's actually fair. Because spirit orbs are just just like the, you know, currency to have, right? You don't right. need anything else. That's like It's the most the important
4: currency in the game
3: mm-hmm okay, I'm with you there okay sure get get rid of uh get rid of all the weapons in the shrines, maybe keep like one for like like one legendary thing or whatever, and then uh keep the armors armors are fair because wep- uh, armors don't degrade and uh just get rid of weapon degradation there you go boom easy Solved.
4: problem solved all right, moving on so anyway, that's my take on Zelda and Ken can hate me.
1: I don't and hate Ken you.
4: Can be, Ken can be the worst human being ever because I criticized his game. I'm
1: not uh, I'm, I'm laughing just because wait until the... Injustice
4: Two mm. comes out and when Injustice oh, Two comes I out can't... I'm gonna tell Ken that it sucks and it's not as good as Street Fighter <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna start this whole thing all over again. You wanted uh, to know good.
1: why I was laughing in the background, and it's because you're right. People on the internet can't handle criticizing their favorite game. I was not laughing because I think it's funny that you're criticizing a game that I think is infallible.
4: Well, the design sucks. And it's a great game. And I that's why I'm so... I'm so fired up about this game. Because it is a great game, let down by some really just... bad decisions that's a I, bad decision.
1: I don't disagree that it's let down by some bad decisions. But I also... I am in that camp that I don't think there's a better open world game. And you're never going to convince me otherwise. Because that's how I feel. But... <laughs> I'm not blind to the problems the game has.
4: So let me let me... Let me ask you this question. Because I think this is probably an important difference between us. In your opinion... What is the benefit to exploration in Zelda? What's, what's the benefit to not following the path?
1: The benefit in that game is, is just the discovery. It's, it's... One of the things <clears throat> about Zelda's exploration that I love so much more than every other open world game is that nothing in that game feels copy and pasted. Like, Elder Scrolls is extremely guilty of this. Whenever I'm exploring in Elder Scrolls, I feel like I'm looking at the same 13 areas over and over and over again. Like, nothing
3: feels... That same one puzzle that they use for every stupid dungeon. Yeah, every dungeon
1: wow. feels like it was randomly. So okay, that's that's probably a better it's way to describe it. It's because it was exactly, right? and yes. that's and it feels that way, and it and it breaks the lore, it breaks the immersion. Whereas in Zelda, everywhere you go feels like it was handcrafted piece by piece. Like everything feels original. Whereas in nope. Elder Scrolls, I just felt like they threw some paint at a canvas, and that's what you got.
4: So, I'm not going to disagree with you on Elder Scrolls. Now, let me back that up. I'm not the, going to disagree with you on Skyrim. Um, Morrowind was a completely different beast. Um, but, how about something like The Witcher 3? The Witcher 3...
1: The Witcher 3 did it better. Um, There are a lot of... Like... I guess the best way to describe it is, like, in Zelda, I can tell you, I mean, and in in, in even in your description of it, you were saying things like, oh, to the northeast, there's this. To the west, there's that. Mm-hmm. Like, it has very distinct landmarks and locales. In The Witcher 3, I remember the first area, and then in the second, you know, the other areas, I remember the island. But most of the the landmass to the south felt like, it didn't have distinction to it. Like, there were landmarks, like the tree with the people hanging off of it, and, um, you know, certain areas. Like, when you get later in the game and you take the ship to the desert, like, there are memorable pieces, but not the entire world. It didn't feel cohesive. Um, sure. It's still amazing. Uh, you know, The Witcher 3 is, I mean, goddamn, I gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I like right. that game a lot, you know. But, again, I still think Zelda's world is better. I, that That's just me.
4: So, from my standpoint, I will say that I agree with you. The strongest point of the exploration in Zelda is the, uh, what am I going to find over here? But the only reward to that is, oh, cool, I got to see something. Um, which, quite honestly, if I follow their path, I'll probably see eventually anyway. There's there's no point in me going there now, other than, oh, I got to see it now. Right? Sure, sure. I would just I would just like it if there was a benefit to me exploring the world um that was tangible and long lasting. Um and outside of finding shrines to pump up my um spirit orbs, there really isn't. The the, the benefit to exploration in Zelda is, oh that looks cool, let me go there, which is fun. I'm not gonna say it's not fun. Um but it's not enough for me at least, because if I had just followed the path, I'd have found that stuff eventually anyway, right? Well, um, I mean,
1: I, I assume some of it you would find, and, and, and I get where you're coming from with saying that's not enough for you, but the reason why I like it so much is because that is enough for me.
4: Sure. like I can, listen, I can respect that, but the, um, I, I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm being punished for having explored and that's where my frustration comes in
1: no I, I like i said when you made the comment i think that's totally legitimate concern i don't agree with it because it doesn't bother me like i can boot up zelda and literally turn off my maps and just walk around for an hour and a half and i will get what i set out to get out of that game because i'm so far in the game now that i've completed everything i mean there's literally only one item left on my checklist to watch the credits roll you know, go to the castle and kill Ganon. And I just haven't done it because I just want to keep walking around. And it's just, that's enough for me. That's not enough for everybody, and that's fine.
4: I think the difference there is I, that would probably also be enough for me if I was post-game, right? But I'm not post-game. I'm right in the thick of it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm left feeling like I probably shouldn't have explored the way I did.
1: It's it's possible that, you know, for your particular playstyle maybe you should have done the four divine beasts first. You know, so you had the things that you get from those to kind of I guess circumvent some of the issues you have with exploring. But it's not your fault, it's the game's fault for giving you that much freedom and not you know, there's there's no book that says this is how this person should play this game. Because there there is no right way to play the game. That doesn't make it better for anybody else.
4: Yeah. I guess the um, I guess where I'm at right now is I feel like there probably was a right way to play the game, and I didn't play it that way.
1: Well, there's a right way for the, for the way you like to play, and you know that's not your fault. That's the game's fault. You know, it tried to be too much to too many different people, and it ended up you know alienating people who enjoyed a game a certain way. I, I don't think that that's I don't think that's wrong on your part by any stretch.
4: All right, so now we've gotten the vitriol out. <laughs> you and can, can, you say, can you
1: can hate injustice all day long. I'll just sit over here and I'll and I'll it's smile. It's going to be the
4: it's going to be the worst game that's ever been created. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it it's will. Terrible. Um, but I will say that um, I'm still enjoying all of the. Um, Shrines that I've come across so far. Um, I came across a really interesting one um, yesterday. That was um, it was a, a major test of strength shrine. So you're fighting one of the the strong guardians. But I don't know if any of you have. Well, I mean, I think both of both of you probably have come across this because I think you've done most of the shrines. But it's the one where um, you're fighting one of those guardians, but um, there are no pillars to make him run into. When he does his spin attack, so you have to create ice pillars instead, um, that one was really cool. That was, a, uh, that was a good use of the game's mechanics. Uh, and I find that those uh, the shrines do a better job of just about anything else in the game of reinforcing the core mechanics, which is kind of, I think, what they're supposed to do. So um, I'm a big fan of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some garbage shrines out there for sure, but they do a good job.
4: Anyway, that's it for me, and now I will wait for the response. <laughs>
1: They're coming for you.
4: They're coming for me.
3: They're already doing this.
4: They could just feel it in the air.
1: They got that Kermit gif going on where he's frantically mashing the keyboard. Thing. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, I, I played. I actually, I did what I said I. Like to do in that game this week, I jumped into Zelda and ran around for an hour and a half. Um, I think I accomplished one Korok seed. Really, in an hour and a half? For an hour and a half? Yeah, I, that's uh, and again, that's why I love that game.
3: I just love that world. Like, Koroksies are everywhere, though. Like I, I like trip over them playing that game. For oh, for minutes, sure, like... for
1: sure. I mean, there's 900. There's bound to be one yeah. every couple feet, you know. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, which, again, I think is another issue with that game. Fucking 900 Koroksy, like, really?
3: And uh, I love, I love what they give you when you collect all of them. It's stupid. It's, it's like a golden turd or something. I don't
1: what, know. what was I was reading the other day? A hundred percent speed run of Zelda Breath of the Wild is 50 hours.
3: Wow, that's pretty fast.
1: Yeah, for 100% of that game? Yeah. Absolutely, but that's still stupid.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might be the longest speed run. No, no, it's not the longest. Like a Yu-Gi-Oh game is like the longest. Yeah, longest. If
1: you're doing a 100% run, yeah, for sure. Mm.
3: Uh,
1: But that's not the reason why I booted up the Switch. I booted up the Switch because I was downloading that Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So it's still good. It's still Mario Kart. It's real good. Um, looks super sharp. 1080p, like all the tracks look better. Cause, um, did they add anything new,
4: or did they just add the DLC?
1: So, here we go. Um, yeah, the DLC is in there. Uh, they did add five new characters. Um, was it King Boo, Bowser Jr., Dry Bones, um, and the The Squid Kids? Yeah, yeah. the Squid Kids. Um, they added some new carts. Um, there are no new tracks.
4: Wow. Oh, See, now that's, know, that's no, just silly.
2: No. Uh, but it did come with like the Zelda track and all that other stuff. Yeah, right? it
1: had all 16 of the DLC tracks. Which, yeah, there's 16, right? <laughs>
2: that's that's a good amount.
1: Yeah, so if you didn't buy the DLC in Mario Kart 8, you're getting 8 new tracks, and I think 5 new characters from that, which was like the Animal Crossing people. Uh, Link. Link was in there. Uh, what is it? uh Metal? Mar- Falcon. Metal Mario... I don't... Captain Falcon's not in the game. No, but his cart was. His
4: kart was um, yeah, and it was a F-Zero track.
1: Yep. Big Blue. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the focus of this one was the battle mode. So, battle mode of Mario Kart 8... Let's be frank, it kind of sucked. It was uh, circled uh, pieces of the tracks... That people yep. just drove in. It was it was pretty bad. Um, yep. In Deluxe, they've added arenas and quite a few of them. So now you have the the, the classic balloon battle, but you're not just driving in a circle. Um, they have eight, they have added new power ups. So they brought back the feather, which allows you to jump really high. Oh, cool! Um, they also added a new power up called the eight. It literally looks like the eight in Mario Kart eight, and what it does is it gives you eight powers circling around you.
4: I th- that was in the base game, wasn't it? Was, On Wii U? was yeah. it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Where it just like gives you eight random powers that fly around you. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, was in that's there. in. Yeah, that's in the base game.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, well, the ghost is back as well. Oh, cool. So you can steal somebody else's power. Um. Also, I want to mention that being in first place in Mario Kart sucks. It still sucks. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> Because so all, all you ever get are bananas and coins and all you ever do is get hit by red and blue shells. So, fuck being in first place in Mario Kart. Uh, but no, if if you have a Switch, uh, Mario Kart you know, 8 Deluxe is a great pickup if you don't own the Wii U version. Um, it is very nice to be able to play that game portably because Mario Kart is still a fantastic portable game. Uh, It does support split screen on the Switch screen. Okay. So if you want to pull out four Joy-Cons and split that tiny screen four ways.
3: Oh, boy. You can totally do that. Got to get a couple of magnifying glasses, put them right up against the screen. They're good to go.
1: Yeah, get you some binoculars or something, man. Whew. But, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's one of those games where it's like if you own a Switch, you kind of want a new game. Uh this is the first one the first big game to come out since Zelda. Um but if you owned it on Wii U and especially if you bought the DLC on Wii U there's not a lot here. Mm. You know? It's
3: not a not a not a great start to the switch as far as the game goes. I mean it's still next few months.
1: Uh, I mean damn, Mario Kart eight's still close to a ten out of ten. It's really fucking good.
4: It's very good, yeah. yeah.
1: But if you already spent the sixty bucks, it kinda hurts you know to buy it yeah. again.
3: So There's no uh this is a stu- this is the dumb question, but I don't know, <laughs> so I'll ask it anyway. You don't get like a like a eShop discount for owning the original Mario Kart 8 do you? for, for the Switch version? It's
1: Nintendo. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's why. It was a dumb question, but I had to ask.
1: <laughs> I All don't right. know. It's Sega. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we still don't have virtual console on Switch. What's what's going on? I don't know. It's Nintendo. <laughs> it's Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I played a bunch of that. Uh, it's, it's Mario Kart 8. I mean, uh, literally the review should just say, if you didn't already buy it, or if you just want more Mario Kart, and you don't have a Wii U anymore, you, you know, it is what it is. It's still a great frickin' game, so. Uh, I played Dragon Quest Heroes 2, but I can't talk about that. I played Sniper Ghost Warrior 3, but I can't talk about that. Uh, I did play Marvel Heroes Omega. So what? the the, what PS, is that? the PS4 beta is running right now. It's uh, the PC version of Marvel Heroes is being oh, ported to consoles. Okay. It's a free-to-play Marvel game that's like Diablo. So like on paper, you're like, that sounds awesome, right?
4: Sounds like X-Men Legends yeah, you or get Marvel like, Ultimate Alliance.
1: You get like 50 Marvel people to choose from Diablo style.
3: Uh, you lost me a free-to-play already, man, so let's uh, get it out.
1: It's good. It's actually really good. Um,
2: yeah, it's a decent Diablo clone.
3: It
1: is. Um, but what I like about this version is that they've streamlined a lot of the issues I had with the PC version. So if you've ever played the PC version, there is what I would, and I know Ryan's probably going to like have a panic attack when I say this, but Marvel Heroes had too much loot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and the PC version made it almost impossible to manage, uh, cause it would all go in your inventory and a lot of it wouldn't really be like the, the way it looked it would get really confusing. Um, you also, one of the weird things is you also get loot for other characters when you're playing as a character. So like, say you're playing a Spider-Man, you can get, uh, a chest piece for Iron Man. Which is weird because you're not playing as Iron Man, um, and it just it just box up your inventory, and that's that in the characters of the free to play model. So your inventory fills up real fast. Uh, luckily, you can destroy things on the fly, uh, which is good because you'll get about thirty chest pieces uh, for a character that are that are garbage. Like I said, too much loot. Uh, but what the console version has done is they have separated the inventory system. Um, On the PC, it was like old school Diablo where it was just a big grid and everything was in there and it just made it more confusing. In the console version, uh, your gear is on its own wheel, its own radio menu. So you can just switch it on the fly. You can literally, when you pick up a piece of gear, press up on the D-pad and then it'll take you to your gear inventory and you can change your gear. Um, that's kept separate from things like your um, what are they call eternity splinters which are the currency used to buy new characters you get those yeah. while you're playing the game uh, you will also get crafting items which are now put in a whole other menu which is super nice yes um, so everything is just spread out um, playing with a controller is nice uh, they did add controller support to the pc version I tried it out a while back it wasn't great uh, the PS4 feels good. My biggest complaint is that Diablo kind of spoils everybody on auto-aiming your attacks when you're playing with a controller. If you've ever played Diablo on, like, Xbox or PS4, they kind of, the, like, the attacking feels really good. Like, switching between the people you're hitting feels really good. Uh, Marvel Heroes still feels kind of stiff. Sometimes you got to stop attacking, repoint the direction, and attack again which is kind of annoying. Um, But other than that, it's really good. It is a money sink, though. Yes. If you have seen the packs that went up... So, to get in the beta, you had to buy a starter pack of characters. And let's just go and say that the Avengers pack is $60. Uh. And that contains, I believe... Four or five characters? Now, it is worth noting that when the game goes live, it will be free. You get one character for free. And you can play every character up to level 10 to try them out. Which I think is cool. Um, but if you want all the characters, it's going to cost you a lot of money or a lot of time. So, But... I don't know, I still like that game. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it helps that it's Marvel. Like so, you know, playing as um, you know, Rocket Raccoon or Iron Man or Spider Man, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, some of the powers are kinda lame, some of the it's very grindy. <laughs> There's lots of just thugs to kill and missions to do, but I mean it's fine. Go ahead, Drew, say it.
2: Goddamn costumes. Goddamn
1: costumes. <laughs> but, Still uh, great. It, it's, it, I don't know. The game feels more at home on a console than it did on a PC. Like, I I really want to play this when it finally launches. Um, because I love Justice League Heroes. And I loved X-Men Legends. And I love Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So, you know, superhero Diablo games, I kind of like them. Yeah. So. Uh, and then the last things I played, like I said, I played Overwatch. Um, I did play a game. See, I don't know how long it's been, so I'm just going to pick up. I played City Skylines for about two hours on the Xbox One. They did a pretty decent job of that. Um, that's a really good SimCity game. If you like old school SimCity 2000, um, like, this feels a lot like it. Um, it even lets you cheat if you don't care, like you can get infinite money which is cool um, but no, I really like that game I will play some more of that. I'm not reviewing it so I can take my time and just dick around with it but uh, that's a fun game uh, and I think that's it that I can talk about there's a lot of games floating around right now I know John I wish John would have been here because he has, he has Puyo Puyo Tetris
3: I've seen some people play that game. It looks like fun.
1: Oh, I forgot a game. I forgot a game. And I it's bet. a good one. It's a good one. I'm playing Little Nightmares.
3: Oh, shoot. That's that um, platformer game, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me.
1: This game is a lot like a Limbo slash Inside slash, you know, platformer. Um, but it's creepy as shit, dude.
2: Yeah? Is this, this game?
1: It's called Little Nightmares. It's uh, it's coming from Namco Bandai. It's out on Tuesday. Uh, you play this this so basically you're playing as a child who is going through. Um, I would say it's probably their their nightmare. It has to be their nightmare. Uh, the game is very. It doesn't tell you anything. Like it it leaves you to figure out the the puzzles. So you just literally like walk from left to right. You can actually go into the environment. You can climb up, um, and mostly everything is a puzzle that involves you figuring out certain scenarios. Like there's no combat. It's a, it's just all puzzles. Um, but the design, especially the sound design, will make your skin crawl
3: for really it's it's like a it's like a platforming game, but it has really good sound design it like, it, like the creepy. sound like the
1: sounds that are happening like you'll walk through areas that are like wet um and you'll just hear like this really nasty dripping sounds um <laughs> there will be constant like creepy noises in the background and when you see the big antagonist eventually like he is the most twisted design thing I've seen since like Silent hill two um but what's really creepy about it is that it plays on your childhood fear. So you're supposed to be a child, and a lot of the things that you're seeing would be terrifying to a child, but they've been twisted to kind of terrify you as an adult. Um,
3: give me give me an example.
1: Um. So let me think about this. Uh, so there's a scene where there's these little baby dolls... Um, uh, already already, yeah. already creepy And it's one of those puzzles Where you walk into the room And you see the baby dolls and it's dark And like literally most of the game is dark um, But your character does carry a lighter And the lighter is used To not only light your way But to mark checkpoints So like when you get to a checkpoint You light the lighter um, So in one area I was I walked out there's a lamp sitting there And there's this little baby standing there With like a white hat on it's head And like it didn't move It was just standing there by the light And I walked over to the light And I'm like well I need to light this For the checkpoint And I like walked right next to him He didn't do anything And I kept walking around Finally when I lit it He scurried out of the room Like a freaking cockroach When you turn the lights on uh, oh, yeah, it scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me Oh that's
3: <laughs> so creepy
1: but yeah, I mean, if you enjoy games like Limbo and Inside and stuff like that, like you really should check this game out. It is, it's twisted.
3: Oh, um, I'm on board. Yeah. you described a really interesting game for my taste.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this game. Like I, I enjoy Limbo. I enjoy Inside. Those are, those are really kind of interesting games, and I like the fact that they're, they're really they're really vague like you have to figure the puzzle like there was a couple times in this one where it would come up and say like like it doesn't even give you the controls when you first start so like i didn't know that you could hold the right trigger to grab things i didn't know that you could hold down the x button to run but eventually if it if you get to a puzzle that you keep dying on it'll pop up and say hey did you know you can hold x to run you know if you haven't done it yet so it doesn't like throw it in your face but if it sees you struggling a few times, then it'll kind of give you like a little hint. So All right. But, but yeah, I know I if you like those kind of games, I definitely recommend it. It's It's genuinely creepy. And the sound we're playing with headphones. The sound design is just incredible. Who's hitting spacebar? Nobody. <laughs> Who are you playing?
2: <laughs> 20XX.
1: Really? What?
4: I don't yeah. know
2: what that is. It's Rogue, fucking amazing.
1: Roguelike Mega Man.
2: It's Mega oh. Man X remade. It's so good.
1: Except it's a roguelike.
2: Yeah, but it's still good.
1: It's good. I just wish <laughs> yeah, it was I just good. wish it was a straight game. That's why I was kinda looking at Flint Hook. I've heard a lot of good things about Flint Hook. And then I heard it was a roguelike. And I'm like, eh, I'm good. What was
3: that what was that game called, Drew?
2: Twenty XX?
1: We've talked 20XX. about it before. We've told I you think. guys to check it out. It's really it's cool.
2: It is freaking great.
1: Yeah, I just wish it wasn't randomly generated. That's my biggest issue. Alright, so let's talk about what is coming out this week. Uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Uh, Outlast 2. Outlast Trinity, which is funny because there's only two games, but they include the DLC <laughs> and call it Trinity. Yep. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Siberia 3, so there's that, uh, new DLC for Titanfall called A Glitch in the Frontier, uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands Narco Road, that DLC. yeah, that launched last week for Season Pass holders, which I downloaded it and haven't even played, <laughs> uh, which by the way, Drew, you, you have that.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I haven't beat
2: the original game. Yet. I haven't
1: either. I haven't even come close. Uh, Valhalla Hills, the definitive
3: edition.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Oh yeah, I I heard of, I saw footage of this game a while back, saying that looks kind of interesting. And then I haven't seen anything else after that. That's this this coming week.
1: Yeah, I could have got you a review code. They asked me about it like a week ago.
3: Oh, well, you never asked me, but...
1: Uh, well, yeah. most of the time when I ask you guys about games, most of you are like, ah, I'm good. Ah, I'm
3: good. Well, I don't remember you mentioning eating fish. No, I, that so, was Regardless, regardless.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was around the same time I'd asked about a different game and everybody said they were busy, so I just ignored it. Ah, okay. Uh, Little Nightmares and Nova One hmm. Let's see. Check the other systems. Um... Uh, all the same there. Let's check Switch. Anything coming for Switch this week? Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, Kamiko, Constructor. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's out on Friday. Uh, Shovel Knight Specter of Torment is coming to the 3DS. That game is like launching at different times on different machines. <laughs> it's kind of weird.
3: Maybe that's just kind of plan to make the game relevant by releasing it in different platforms at different times to kind of, you know, stay in that new release window for, you know. I don't know. Yacht Club
1: Games has been pretty uh, transparent about it, saying that a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, certification.
0: Okay, I can buy that. Like
1: a lot of different... I mean, it's free. It's a free upgrade if you own Shovel Knight. So it's just launching over time. Uh, I don't have any cool PC names. I mean, the best one I got is "Train Harder."
3: That's it's. Train harder.
1: I read it as like a like a like a locomotive. Like it'd be an action movie that took place on a train, starring. Be like
3: Die Die Hard, but Train Hard. Yeah,
1: like Train Hard. (laughs) You know. That's that's kind of that's the only reason I thought it was funny. That's how I read it. Fantasy Farming, Orange Season. That's coming out.
3: Orange Season?
1: Orange. Orange, you glad I didn't say a banana? Bah! <laughs> I'll be here all week. Let's talk about news. Uh, so two things that have been rumored for a while were confirmed this week. Uh, the first one is Call of Duty World War II.
3: Yep, that's it's been confirmed.
1: It is real. Uh, the trailer, I think, is this week, like the twenty sixth. I want to say. Um, it's
3: the yeah, Sledgehammer Games. It's their game. Uh, what's the what's? Let me gauge the hype level in in the podcast here for that game. What are you guys feeling?
1: I think this is the wrong podcast to ask that question. <laughs> you know, no, after, that's that's yeah, what I call after,
4: Duty game and... after Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Um I'm actually looking forward to the single player narrative in that. Okay. Cuz I like I really like the single player in Infinite Warfare. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, but this but is But that different. was done by different. someone different. Yeah, this is a No, 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 no. I I know, but it sort of that game sort of reinvigorated my desire for a Call of Duty like okay, uh single player experience. How
1: do you But how do you feel about going back to WWI?
4: I think it's I think it's a great idea honestly. I think they've um I think they've been away from it long enough that it's probably uh, it's probably time.
1: How many years has it back? been since World of, World of War was the last World War 2 game, right? I think
4: it was, yeah.
1: How long has that been? That was early 360,
2: 2008 maybe.
1: Yeah,
3: so it's been almost 10 years. Didn't the Black Ops game have those, you know, like flashbacks It was you go back to it? Uh, Vietnam? Vietnam, okay. That
1: yeah, wasn't World War 2. Yeah. And those flashbacks are fantastic. I mean, Kiefer, man. Kiefer.
3: Kiefer Sutherland? Kiefer. Kiefer. Sutherland?
1: Uh, So we'll we'll actually see. the. There's been a lot of stuff leaking about this game. Apparently there's a co-op campaign, but it's a separate campaign. It's not the main one.
4: Good idea. Yeah. Uh,
1: And then, of course, there'll be multiplayer, which we'll see tons and tons and tons of. (laughs) Here was a fun news bit. Uh, Friday the 13th finally got a release date. And it's soon. Uh, it's May right? 25th, I believe.
3: Wow. Is that a Friday the 13th, though? That's my only question.
1: No, it's May 25th. <laughs>
3: You're, they really so missed not out even, on an opportunity.
4: They did. They is, did. It's, it's not even, man. Uh,
1: and it will be only the multiplayer at launch. Hmm.
3: There's a single-player
1: component coming for that game? Yes, there is. It will be patched in. Oh. They are claiming summer. So, hmm. uh, Super Bomberman R got a patch... That uh, bumped the frame rate up to 60 FPS and added characters based on Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Great... I'm sorry, that's coming soon. That wasn't added in this patch. Uh, Gradius. uh, Silent Hill and Castlevania characters are coming to the game.
3: Silent Hill characters in the Bomberman? Bomberman. I think it's
1: it's Pyramid Head. (laughs) Which is pretty great.
3: Uh, Okay, sure.
1: Uh, Games with Gold for... The month of May. Uh, Why is this? the Okay. uh, Gianna Sisters. Twisted Dreams. Uh, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Those are your Xbox One games. And then Xbox 360, you're getting a Star Wars two-pack. Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. And Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. So those are your free games for May.
0: Okay.
1: I'm so glad Ryan's on this podcast today. Oh gosh. After six years, Two Worlds Two is getting a season pass (laughs) and a ten plus hour expansion available as DLC and a standalone for
3: PC. Wow. Wait, wait, their their little wording is season pass. There will be
1: a season pass and an expansion.
3: Is that legal? (laughs) Can they call something a season pass six years after a game came out? There's got to be a rule against that.
4: Well, rules were made to be broken. It's like Game of Thrones season. Yeah, It's been winter for six years.
3: Oh, man. I I don't know. Ryan, are you playing this?
4: Uh, I don't have it on PC. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: this is only on PC. They're not going to go back and do it for 360, I guess.
4: And I, I don't have a I don't have a PC that would run it. Have
3: ha, 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 Haven't they like made other games in the six years since Two Worlds Two came out?
4: Uh, I don't know.
3: I don't. Who made
1: Two Worlds? Was it? I don't remember the name of the developer.
4: <laughs> I'm one of the few people, uh, and I recognize that I'm in a very, very, very small minority here. I actually like the first Two Worlds better than the second one.
3: Second, that's one the one with.
4: The taint, right? No, the first one was the taint. Okay. The, taint. <laughs> the first um, one. Was and
3: the, best dialogue. the first
4: one. The first one was fun. Not only for me, it was fun from a gameplay standpoint, but it was also fun because it was so freaking cheesy and awful. And when they, when they, when they tried to cut out some of the cheesy awfulness in the second one, it really hurt the game, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I liked it better when it was awful. Second one no.
1: was actually not a bad. It was game. bad.
4: It really wasn't. Like, legitimately, was not bad.
1: Yeah, I remember playing about four or five hours of it. I'm like, you know, this 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 is not a bad game. <laughs>
4: it's a standard Western RPG.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you want to play Dota 2 ranked matches now, you gonna need your phone. So what? Valve introduces a new check to crack down on players using multiple accounts. Hmm. So, you do go.
3: you need to like verify your account information every time you want to do one match? Uh,
1: I don't know. I'm assuming that'll be answered when it rolls out, right? Uh, okay. Uh, City Skylines, we've talked about that. That's out on Xbox One. Uh, Final Fantasy XV's next free update revealed. Um, Let's see here. This is my favorite quote. According to Nova Cristalis, the update will add, quote, additional features for PlayStation 4 Pro, one of which is a new mode that allows the game to have a, quote, stable frame rate
3: and comfortable play. (laughs) Comfortable play. That's That's what it it says. Well, I mean, that's really nice because I, I've i always felt very uncomfortable <laughs> playing Final Fantasy XV on the Pro. So, you know, that's nice. Uh, I understand is, my situation.
1: Additionally, subtitles and menu screen size can now be magnified. Timed quests will also start up again along with a ranking system. Extravagant weapons can be obtained from them. Furthermore, a new sticker has been added for the regalia. Customization along with the new music for the music player. Uh, launches on April 27th, so that is this week.
3: I don't hate Final Fantasy 15, but I kind of want them to get over at this point. Just kind of <laughs> do the next thing. Well, they still, the got, next
1: thing. they still got three DLC packs coming, right?
3: I thought they already did Gladios. Isn't there only two more to go? So, yeah,
1: you're right. There's only two. But, yeah, there's okay. still two more to go. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was unveiled this week, has a storyline that spans, uh, all well, the, not the storyline, but the actual game spans all of the eras of Star Wars, uh, and stars a female protagonist as the main character in the story mode. Uh, we'll also have dedicated servers. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is looking pretty hot. I like the first one, but it certainly needed more.
3: Yeah, generally how those EA multiplayer games go, the first one's kind of kind of barren as far as the content goes, and then the second game is where they actually put in the stuff that should have been in the first game kind of deal. Yep.
1: If you're looking to get back into Heroes of the Storm, now is the time. The 2.0 update launches this Tuesday, and anybody who logs in during the initial uh, release of 2.0 will get a pack of 20 free Heroes.
3: Good deal, man. Street Fighter
1: Five.
2: <laughs> that, that game's still going on?
1: They have delayed the third character in the Season 2 character pack. It Who looked, was in
2: Season 2 to begin with?
1: So far it's been Akuma and the, what's the Russian girl's name? I can't remember her name.
3: Uh, the, the Ice Chick, I forget her name. Yeah,
1: so. she's in the story mode. Uh, I can't remember her name. Okay. Uh, but they've delayed the third character. Uh, but they are bringing you some new costumes
2: that you can buy with real money. Of
1: course, they're like four dollars a piece. True. <sighs> they're bringing. They're called work costumes. Okay. So, like, Chun Li is dressed up as an office person.
4: Oh God.
1: And Alex is wearing a firefighter outfit. <sighs>
4: Alex is a firefighter?
1: That's what that's what his costume who, says.
4: Who asked for this?
1: Who asked for this? I don't know. They are bringing a new stage, which I'm sure you'll have to who, buy with fight money. Who was like, you know
4: what? You know what the thing that I really need <laughs> is I really need to see Chun-Li dress like a banker. That's what I need.
1: I'm going to tell you and this if, right now.
4: And if you can deliver it, I'll buy Street Fighter Five and that DLC.
1: I'm going to tell you this right now. Maybe Jay speak a little more to this, but the fighting game community
3: is mm-hmm. really getting tired of Street Fighter V shit. It is. Uh, oh, even, the, so. even the professional uh, professional fighters have been speaking out about the balance changes and things they've done with Season 2 in particular, and they're not really happy with it. And the thing is, this is Capcom's golden goose, or supposed to be and they're not giving up on it. And they're still putting in so much money into the esports side, you know, which I admire, but I just wish it was for a better game. You yeah. know, the, the game that we got wasn't good. And uh, the first impressions are, are deadly. And it's kind of lingered on, even after a lot of the improvements and the way the microtransactions and stuff like that are handled, it, it hasn't really been great. I, I would like to see the game like succeed. You know, I get nothing nothing from the game failing, but... I don't know what their plans for I mean Street Fighter 5 is going to be as far as how many years are they going to go with this game but I do hope they do go with a, a like a new Street Fighter eventually like in the next 2 3 years maybe hopefully.
1: Yeah, this game feels almost like it's broken beyond repair and they don't every decision they seem to make around it seems to make it worse. I, I just don't get how they can Street Fighter 4 was so good. Like how how does this happen?
2: Street Fighter 4 revitalized the fighting game genre. Yeah, that's
1: mm-hmm. the reason why Guilty Gear and and King of Fighters and and Mortal Kombat like all that stuff came back because of Street Fighter. How how does this
0: how does this happen?
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh Street Fighter 4 had a life cycle that was really long. It lasted up to 2016, meaning it lasted about 7 years or so. And that's a great life cycle for fighting game. That's like almost unheard of life cycle for and, fighting
4: game. And and it had the benefit of coming, what, tw- uh, no, not that long, a substantially long period of time after its predecessor, yeah. when the world was hungry mm-hmm. for that kind of game to come back. They had a ton of development time to get it right, and they launched a complete product.
3: Yep. You, you know the interesting thing about Capcom's failure with Street Fighter Five is that. They might redeem themselves with the Marvel vs. Capcom. That could become like even overshadow Street Fighter Five in so many ways because I think they might have learned from a lot of what they did wrong in Street Fighter Five and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is coming out this year, right?
1: Well, that's what they claim.
3: Yeah, if it does actually come out. We still haven't seen that
1: game. I mean,
3: like yeah, we've only seen like CG stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, when evil rolls around this year, uh, maybe we'll some, see something at E3 as well. I don't know, but uh, if it does come out this year and if it's like like a half decent Marvel vs Capcom game, that game's gonna blow up because they screwed up with Street Fighter V. Oddly enough,
1: yeah,
2: I just like that's not my style of game though. It's,
1: yeah. yeah, it's it's a different, it's definitely a different game. All fighting games are are very different, and unfortunately, I don't know that we're gonna get a Street Fighter Redemption until six unfortunately
3: it's like, but uh, luckily, I if, if you love fighting games, you don't have to play Street Fighter. You can play King of Fighter. You can play Guilty Gear. You can play Blue. All three of those games, amazing iterations of those franchises. You know, it's like going hot right now. There's a lot of player base. So if you're if you like fighting games, if you don't like fi- uh, if you don't like Street Fighter as it is, play one of those three.
1: Injustice is out in twenty four days.
3: Yeah, but that's a shit game. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Have they, have they um, uh, Ken, have they showed much of anything? I haven't been paying attention. Have they showed much of anything about the single player for Injustice?
1: There, there's five things out there. Um, I forget what they're called. Uh, Shattered Dimensions. There's five episodes of Shattered Dimensions that are breaking down the story right now. Yeah.
4: Does it seem more like, because um, I, I love the story mode Mortal Kombat 9. Um, loved the story mode in the First Injustice but was not really a fan of the one in X.
1: Yeah, X's uh, story d- was
4: eh. Does it seem more like the first two or more like Gax?
1: I I well they haven't shown like the structure of it. They've just been showing like the story part of it. Yeah. Um it seems interesting, but it seems interesting to me because I'm a DC nerd. Right. Uh it all revolves around Brainiac. Okay. So, um, I mean, it looks cool. I hope it's good. Like, Injustice's story mode was great. Um, yeah. I wonder if MKX's didn't hit as hard for us because they were introducing a bunch of new characters.
4: Yeah, and quite honestly, I, th- I thought a lot of their new characters were lame.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of most of them. I mean, there's a couple good ones in there, but, man, I don't know. <laughs> the the yeah. combat kids weren't
4: great. <laughs> no. No, and then they killed off one of my... Favorite Mortal Kombat characters early in the story with Baraka, they yeah. just killed his ass. I,
0: I,
1: there, there were so rumors, so many times that he was going to be DLC, and he was never DLC. Bring back Baraka.
4: Yeah. Bank, bring, bring back Baraka. <laughs> yeah,
1: they need to do like a like a uh, a fake campaign for Baraka, but like Barack Obama style with like <laughs> the pictures, and that'd be great.
4: Yes, yes, we can. Yes,
1: but say it in his voice, can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a here's a J game. This is a J game. Okay. Namco uh, Bandai Namco has officially announced Code Vein, which they're calling a vampire RPG in the vein of Dark Souls.
3: That's made by the God Eater, folks. I expect more of a monster hunter flair.
1: I don't know. It looks. Um... It looks cool. Like, the character designs look cool.
3: Yeah, the, the visuals look pretty nice. Uh, the game is far from done. It's only about 30-40% oh, sure. over. But um, uh, I think they do have a nice pedigree. I think God Eater games are underrated. Uh, I wish it had a bigger player base. Because that was my biggest complaint about that game playing on PC. Ain't nobody playing that game on PC. And I couldn't find, like, a single game. Uh, and you don't want to play a Monster Hunter kind of game by yourself. It's not as fun. So that was my complaint. But. You know, they're making this new game, uh maybe it'll take some inspiration from the Soul series with its difficulty. The, it's got the visuals, it's got some cool designs, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Nam- you know, Bandai Namco's done a pretty good job of bringing over some really niche Japanese titles. So Yeah. Um So I re- there was a report that went out this week that um was showcasing like digital sales and things like that. The most interesting thing that came out of this is the report claims that, 70, that uh, downloads reportedly made up 74% of the U.S. gaming market in 2016. And people immediately were like, well, digital is here. But there's one little asterisk in this report, and the only reason I bring it up, this included mobile. Which hmm. is going to skew the digital report way in another direction. Because yeah. as much as we like to think gaming is all about consoles and PC, most people who play games are playing them on their phone. And you can't buy a physical phone game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about it. Maybe it could be like a little memory stick you can buy or put on your uh <laughs> put on your phone.
1: Yeah, but like yeah. if you have an iPhone they don't even have a slot.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's it's you know, a lot of people are out there going, yeah, digital's here, digital, digital, digital. And, and digital's definitely moving up. Like, I would guess somewhere between the 30 and 40% of games that come out now um, probably sell digital, you know, 30 40%. But it's definitely not 75% of the market.
3: It's it, This is something that's been going on for a long time, though, because if you think about it this way, the The digital buying something digital doesn't give you as big of an incentive as buying something on physical, as far as a consumer goes. If I have a choice, I'll buy things um, physical most of the time because I can, you know, resell it. I can rent it out. You know, I, it just gives me options that I just don't have as digital. So in the term, the fact that I can never resell or you know return this game, well, not, I can. I guess you can return some things. Depending on the platform that you're using, but regardless, because you can never resell this game or rent it out to someone else that might also want to buy the game, they should, you know, make it cheaper. You know, make make yeah. the game ten dollars cheaper, two hundred dollars cheaper, whatever. Because there are costs, you know, going into games when you print the disc, when you put it on a, you know, a case. You have to pay for the shelf space and the GameStop with the cut that you're about to get. So if you cut all those things out, you should be able to put a digital copy of the game. That cost sixty dollars physical for something close to forty five or forty. So when you don't do that and it still costs me sixty dollars digital, all you're asking me to do is m- make me get less for the same amount of money, and I can't really justify that most of the time. So uh, there's a there's a thing that's got to change for digital to like take off all the way.
1: Yep. Uh, last little nugget of news: uh, Pac Man Maker trademark was filed by Bandai
4: Namco. Oh, Really? Okay so
1: That should be interesting Oh, and if the work costumes for Street Fighter 5 are not enough for you, next week they're also adding the Thailand stage and schoolgirl costumes Sorry, not just schoolgirl, Ryu's getting one too, I think But Juri and Chun-Li Because Chun-Li gets a costume in every pack, right?
3: She's like the most popular character, probably
1: Yeah, so she gets a costume in every pack
3: is Sakura in the game yet, or is she not like, in the game? <laughs> no,
1: no. Okay. They've literally only added two characters in the last six months.
3: They take their time.
1: Yeah, clearly. Mm. Colleen, was that her name?
3: Uh, That sounds a little too close to Karin. I don't know. I don't know. It starts with a K, name. I know that. Uh,
1: but I think it's Colleen, but it's spelled K-O-L-I-N.
3: Maybe. I'll I just call her Russia... Russian Kula. She go.
1: is she is wearing the hat, which is kind of awesome, like the the Russian hat. It's pretty cool. Holy shit, this is a long email. I just, whoa.
3: <laughs> Let's
4: do it. How long is it?
1: It's pretty long. It's from
4: Mookie. Oh boy.
1: Uh he says, "Hey guys, I would like to add my opinion in the purpose of adding myself in the demographic." Okay, we all know by now that Jay isn't an average gamer and find our difficult games as challenging to him. Uh, please bear with me on how I want to describe a certain genre of game and how it transitioned throughout its time. 2D platform I'm assuming he left out the S, but he called it 2D platform, platform hooter game. <laughs> <laughs> you, I almost want that to be a genre now. I don't know about you. Yes. Uh, early in the nineteen, early in the nineties or late eighties, the game was uh, so much fun to me, and I finished it till the end. Hours of gameplay, four to six hours, because each level didn't have to cost me five to ten minutes. However, level designs works perfectly with the game mechanics, which requires almost precision timing, like the Lion King, Mega Man One and Two. Uh, that time, save points did not exist. A few years after, same genre has the same experience, but they had coded save points, so, that, uh, so that's an additional feature which did not affect anything. Uh, later on the generation, after introducing limited memory cards and or in-game saving systems, still an additional feature, but some 2D games did not catch up at the time and decided to remain true to its image. Uh, the next generation, which I can also tell on this current generation, all platforms have in-game saving systems and limits may depend, uh, may vary depending on the game or platform. By this time, the most uh, most of the games are migrating to use the save system, while a few are still stubborn to product, to productive, to ugh, sorry, to read, to convenient change. Uh, games with save anywhere are so convenient to me than looking for save points. Even when I play a game that has saving points, they put them in strategic and reasonable places that I can safely leave to have my real life, time, and rest. Throughout the generations of my gaming life, I was that kid who finished Contra, Mega Man 1, Super Mario Bros. 2, TMNT 2 and 3, Lion King, and Aladdin. As far as I can currently remember, Uh, but when throughout the gaming generations, I realized that I learned to love memory cards, and sometimes I'd borrow classmates' memory cards just to check out their Final Fantasy VIII or Legend of Dragoon or Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 weapons and gears. But now, I'm going 33 this year. I realize that I have so many responsibilities to do more importantly. My wedding is up this year, and God help me on how many, how many gaming time I will sacrifice for this. Save Anywhere is a blessing uh, to me. To be perfectly honest, and those games I used to play back when I was a kid are no longer relevant to me. But maybe when I get too old to work and retire in my house that I can play them just to check my reflexes and see if my fingers are still alive. Here's the thing, adding convenient uh, system in the game is always a blessing and welcome to me as long as it's not going to significantly change the game mechanics. I guess this is where I realized I have a very limited patience to JRPGs, because with that system, it will not only irritate me, but also put me to sleep. The last game that made me sleepy was Final Fantasy XV, but that's another story to tell. Um, I also don't use rest mode in fear of unforeseen electrical issues that may happen in the house. I love it when developers will add a better saving system in the game because it means that they respect the consumer's time. Granted that I can't find myself wasting my way to find a saving point while I wait for a long-ass cutscene late at night. That's foul because I'm not as dedicated as Jay and I have an early morning drive to work or a lot of real-life errands to do than gaming. Father of the house, because my dad already passed away three years ago. Uh, Some education I need to sort out soon. My wedding this year, my job, my social activities like toastmastering, and some events I'm doing this weekend at the Philippine Embassy. Weekend family routine where I need to be the designated driver, etc. I might like a game, but if it doesn't have a convenient saving system, then I may dislike that mechanics and will be afraid to finish the game anytime soon. This email is too long for me discuss for me to discuss about my current experience with Mass Effect Andromeda. I guess I'll make a specialized email for that on a different time. But a short message is that I'm enjoying the game a lot more than expected. Um, peace, guys, and sorry, Jay. I'm Team Save Anywhere here, and I think it's not that hard to add the option because it can invite more people to play the game rather than missing out on some
3: sales. The, is, is that is that email finished? Yes, I'm done. Well, well done, well done, sir. That was a long ass email. Uh, your reading comprehension is, is ten out of ten. <laughs> um, so basically, Mugi, you actually just nailed it on the head. You said adding accessible features that won't change the game significantly is fine by me, and is also fine by me. That's why I I I said that being able to save during cutscenes and during dialogue events would be fantastic. Would be great. For people that don't want to use the hibernation, there shouldn't be a reason why you can't just press start or another button because start is technically the 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 fast forward button for Persona 5. So you can press like select or something, right? And then you can just save, you know, do like a quick save that loads up immediately when you load up the game. I'm all for that. But when we're talking about saving anywhere in dungeons, that eliminates the challenge and the risk and reward, and that changes the nature of the game's difficulty and challenge significantly and that was my issue with it right and the thing is if you don't like that stuff there is that safety mode that we talked about you know like you can basically never die in safety mode even if you die even if your character gets killed you start out in the same fight over and over again and you kind of start right before the fight even begins so it already has these things to accommodate for people that don't really want the challenge that i never have to touch And that's great. That allows for accessibility for everyone. But when you start telling me, telling them to put these elements into the normal mode as as a built-in core fundamental, that will change significantly how the game is played, and the difficulty will be changed forever. Then I have an issue because you know that's you're you're to make a game more convenient for yourself. You're selfishly taking away something that is convenient for me. So I don't want that game where we have to sacrifice one thing for another. I want something that will make us both happy. And uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now.
1: Nobody in video gaming is
4: happy, Jay. <laughs> I'm pretty happy, man. I, I love these <laughs> Everything games. Everything sucks. Everything sucks. Especially
3: Injustice 2 and Zelda. Worst games, Worst games ever. Made.
1: <laughs> Which will probably be my number one and number two games of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty great. Oh... I don't know. I don't have anything else to say other than I just wish they'd just make that mode. It'd make me happy. Yeah. Give me a Dark Souls mode where I, I don't die all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see those games. I like those games. I just don't like having to do them again. And again. And again. i well,
3: are watching a Let's Play. I want to play it, though. <laughs> but that that is part of playing the game. The dying repeatedly. And that that amazing feeling of you know just that just that excitement when you finally down that boss that's killed you for 2 hours straight <laughs> that you can't get that without having the fails without having the deaths over and over again that's something that you can't replicate i want you and i it's... want you i want you to come back
1: to me in like 15 years or so yeah. when you're playing a dark souls game and mm-hmm. your child screams from the other room and you can't pause it
3: let's talk uh... then <laughs> I would abandon the Souls game and then go to see the Child.
1: That's my point. It's that's not it, that
3: important, Ken. N- no, 60.
1: but when you have to do that over and over and over and over again, I, I, and, I and simply the game and now. simply adding a pause button. Oh my God! Don't 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 insult the Dark Souls community with a pause button.
3: It's always online. That's why.
2: Why I mean, I did you it. turn into an oil tycoon I, when it was just saying, you said that? I'm guessing
3: there's not a lot of Dark
1: Souls
4: players that talk like that. You don't
1: have to be online to play those games. Uh, Bloodborne has a specific mm-hmm. offline mode. So why can't I pause it?
4: Hey, they added pause
3: button to Neo. You didn't hear me talk about it because I don't care. It doesn't hey, affect the way I play. Hey,
1: Neo is not a Souls game. Hey,
3: basically is.
1: Good for good for Team Ninja for having you know the balls to do
3: it. it there, was, there, was a, there was a bit of an outrage for people. Oh, I'm sure there the was. Part. They were out there going,
1: oh my god, who's adding the pause button to my fucking game?
3: <laughs> nah, I remember the times where I, you know, had to take care of some business or something like that and then I left the game alone and I would get invaded and then I just my guy would just be standing there and then the Red Phantom would just like murder me. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm dead now. See, see well, Jay, Jay is so good at games that even when he's
1: not holding the controller, his, his character still beat the Phantom. You know what? You say
3: that. <laughs> but that actually happened once where the guy was trying to push me off a cliff, and then he rolled and fell off a cliff by himself when I was AFK. See? And that was amazing.
1: See, <laughs> that's how good he is. I'm so bad that even if I disconnect my Ethernet cable, I still can't win.
3: It, it kicks you off the game at that point. Then, to, to
1: Anyways, Antonio it. sends us another email. I love being a cheap gamer. PSN flash sales are like Christmas to me. If you don't mind waiting a couple years or so to play older games, you could easily end up with 10 to 20 full retail games for 100 bucks or less. Yep. I think right, my baby. ability to avoid spoilers also really helps. Granted, there are a few titles here and there that I buy close uh, after its release, the bulk of uh, the bulk of my library are games I get from weekly sales and monthly flash sales. Dude, there is nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of games out there.
3: Oh yeah, that is awesome, dude. You're saving a heck of a lot of money, and guess what? The game is still good a year after it comes out. You know, it's, it's the same exact game. You just pay a fraction of the price, and that actually makes the game some of them
1: are, some of them are better. <laughs> You're right, after all the patches and stuff.
2: The Witcher, yeah.
1: Yeah, look at Drew, never had to deal with the Witcher launch version.
4: I
3: like the Witcher
1: launch version. He got to play with, like, the new inventory and, yeah. you know, the fixed controls and all that, man.
3: You know, Mass Effect Andromeda, like, the game of the year edition, which they'll probably call it, it's going to be pretty good, probably, you know? It's going to ha- it's not going to have most of the technical issues. It's going to come with a bunch of DLC. It'll it's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, it'll be better than it was when it launched, for sure.
0: Yeah, a
3: most, lot Most better. games
1: are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt sends us an email. This should be an interesting conversation.
3: Which, which Matt are we talking about?
1: It's a new, I, I don't recognize the email.
3: Oh, okay. It's not Matt Quinn. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I was
1: uh, he says, Gentlemen, I recently bought a 4K HDR TV and I'm loving it. However, it's not without fault. First off, I can afford it, so I took the plunge. The first thing I did was try running PC games in 4K. My computer is equipped with two NVIDIA EVGA 1080s, an i7 processor, 32 gigs of RAM, and a 2 terabyte SSD.
2: Fucking Wait, hell. 2 terabyte
1: SSD? Yeah. Wow,
3: impressive. So, right.
1: do got some money. Uh, even with this decked out PC, I'm having trouble running most games in 4K at 30 frames a second. Yeah. <laughs> Witcher 3, GTA 5, Dishonored 2, Doom, and other similar games are not hitting a stable 30 frames per second. I realize that those are new games uh, and that they are very graphically demanding, but I can't even get Team Fortress 2 to run at 60 FPS in 4K. I have a feeling that these games are not optimized for 4K. I had Heroes of the Storm running in 4K at 60 FPS and then either Blizzard or NVIDIA put out a patch and now it runs very poorly. Uh, Gears of War 4 in 4K runs great, but the textures in the game look so flat in 4K that the game honestly looks better in 1080p. Extremely disappointed, I took to my PS4 Pro, which I had already bought a few months ago, not expecting much. I fired up Horizon and was immediately in awe at how much better looking the game <laughs> was. Uh, from there I tried Uncharted 4, Final Fantasy XV, Dishonored 2, Gravity Rush, Nier, and a few more. All with stable FPS. I am usually a PC gamer. But if PC games are going to give me trouble running in 4K, I would rather buy games in 4K on consoles with curated frame rates. That being said, I'm really looking forward to the Scorpio. Uh, A month ago, I was happy buying all of Microsoft games on PC, but now I will buy a Scorpio on day one. I do not know when I will be able to run every game on the PC in 4K at 60fps reliably. reliably. Uh, That is the dream now, and it's a good dream to have. For now, console games in 4K at 30 will be fine. Please discuss. I I missed the part.
3: What did he say his video card was? Two EVGA 1080s. Two SLI. That should be enough to run. Although the the 1080 Ti is the new hotness. It's like 40% faster than the 1080. How much is that? uh, it's about seven hundred and eighty dollars. Oh wait, so. seven hundred and
1: eighty dollars.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, no one no one said being a PC gamer was cheap at the top of the end, man. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But uh ten eighty TI is what you're looking for as far as four K goes. Uh but yeah, I can I can understand your frustration. You buy the thing that is very expensive, very new, and you expect it to be able to play the best games at the best resolutions, the best frame rates. But that's just not how it goes. There are all these issues with how developers optimize their games, how the uh, there's patches and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that kind of bothers me as far as the whole, like, Scorpio, true 4K. And it's like, wait, so they're going to have something close to the power of a 1080, but they're going to put it in a box that's going to maybe try to cost $400? and That just doesn't fit, like, mathematically. It just doesn't work. So I don't know how that's going to work. I do hope they succeed, and what they've shown of Horizon seems promising, but once again, that's one game that was you know, designed to showcase this particular you know, system off. So I, I don't know where that's going to go, but 4K is, is new, the new frontier, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bit before we can play 4K, 60 frames and everything. It's going well, to well, take
1: Sure, a sure but and I get his point, and we've made this point a lot of times in the past. Programming for one thing is a hell of a lot easier than programming for all of the different, you know, configurations you can have on a PC. Yes. So, I fully... I mean, after hearing that Horizon... Or, I'm sorry, Forza 6 runs at 60 FPS in 4K using only 60% of the Scorpio hardware, I think that they have a better shot at doing it than most PCs because of the closed environment.
3: It's uh, it's definitely a, a potential... And I think that's the that's the biggest selling point, right? If it can or cannot. But once again, we still need to see all the information. I, w- I want to see those new games running on it because that's Horizon. I mean, uh, that's not even the Horizon. That's the older Forza that came out in twenty what sixteen or something like that, right? Early twenty sixteen.
1: <laughs> the old one in twenty
3: sixteen. Well, I don't know <laughs> the for- well. What I mean is, there was a new game in between, correct?
1: No, uh, Horizon Three was the new one. The one they showed was yeah, six. yeah. That's from twenty fifteen.
3: Okay, so the one generation before that is what they're showing up. Sure, I'm sure. I'm hopeful.
1: I mean, I'm just I, I, I I'm 100% in agreement with I would rather have the stability than having to worry about patches, especially patches that break stuff. Like, that's that's super annoying.
3: Uh, you say that, but I've had patches break console stuff too, man. Sure,
1: sure, sure, but it's a lot easier to fix when it's on a closed platform on a closed configuration.
3: Actually, you say that, but it took them two months and a half to get that patch out, so I wouldn't say that's the case. Yeah, well, developer sucks. It's, like, <laughs> it's just a case-by-case case scenario. Sure, sure, When sure. something is broken on the NVIDIA side, they'll get a hotfix out within like a week or less. They really care hard because that's their platform, and if they screw up, they lose a brand royalty and they lose AMD. They don't want that.
1: Yeah. I would just always prefer the simplicity of a console. Yeah,
3: there's a point. Oh, uh, yeah, they,
2: they did a real good job patching, you know, the Halo collection. Oh uh, yeah,
3: so everyone's perfect now, right? Everyone should get it. Game, Actually,
2: I, I'm pretty sure that game is still broken. The right?
3: game,
1: the game itself, it was never a technical issue. That was never the problem with the game. the The problem with the game was the the servers because they were trying to run all four games across the same servers, which is hilarious. I mean, no, the Master Chief Collection is one of the biggest. Fuck ups in the history of video games.
3: Should have been so good too, because that original original Halo One remaster on that collection is pretty cool.
1: Sure, sure, but yeah. I mean we're 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 not we're not pointing out you know specific instances here because it, no matter where you go, you're going to have plenty of showcases. Oh gosh, gotcha. so, let's talk about let's talk about Arkham Knight on the PC, should we?
3: Oh Jesus, should yeah, that, what a what a train wreck that was, right? Yeah, yeah. WB Games in general on PC have been train wrecks. <laughs> Like, the Mortal Kombat shit that they've tried to pull <laughs> off. And, oh, my God. I still love whenever somebody asked
1: Ed Boone in an interview if Injustice 2 is coming to PC. He's like, eh,
3: eh, eh. He, he, <laughs> I love his interview <laughs> with some guy, and he gives, like, the biggest, like, shit in girls. Like, oh,
1: yeah, it's going to be just as good on PC, if not better. Well,
3: that's Grand probably Format. what
1: they told like, him. Yeah. Like, because he didn't, you know, they didn't do it. Like, they never do the PC versions of their games. So that's probably it's what like, WB like convinced him. Like, oh, yeah, it'll be just as good. And,
3: yeah, nah, nah. Don't don't believe his lies. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right, last email is entitled, Where's the A button? Uh, I don't have a name on this email. He didn't sign it. Oh, sorry, there, his, his name's David. Uh, he says, Hey, guys, I hope you're all well. There's something that's been bugging me for years now, the button layout on Nintendo VSMS. Oh, sorry, Nintendo versus Microsoft, I guess, is what that means. Uh, He capitalized it all. That's why he confused me. Uh, Personally, growing up with with the mighty Super Nintendo, the layout is ingrained into my brain. You tell me a button, and instantly my thumb goes to said position. Recently, an ex-bot friend of mine picked up a Switch and Zelda. He loves it, but complained to me that the buttons are in the wrong places. And he's constantly hitting the wrong button because of his Xbox instincts.
3: Is that a real thing? Well, I mean, it's, it's muscle memory. It's I, I'm,
1: I'm, I was talking about Xbox instincts. Come on now, play along. Uh, this reminds me of myself playing Xbox.
4: Uh, I've enjoyed many They're a game... they killer instincts, by the way. That, yes. is,
1: that, yeah, there you go. Uh, I've enjoyed many a game on MS consoles, not the least the legendary Halo. But it's frustrating as f- when I push a button thinking it's the good old blue X only to find that I fucked up and pushed Y which is why I don't even know what color offhand. There's no right or wrong here, but it makes me wish MS did something different like Sony and had the decency to do with shapes. Maybe Roman numerals like the Master System did? They even fucked up the color order. Yeah, I'm from the UK. They could have at least unified that. It just causes unnecessary confusion, in my opinion, that could have been so easily avoided. Anyway, where do you all sit on the subject? Do you resonate with one over the other? Are you some kind of ambidextrous wizard who can change on the fly? Do you think? Uh, do you agree? And think Microsoft should have used something else? Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. I have a Samsung. P.S. What? P.S. I'm aware Dreamcast fucked it up before Microsoft, but bless it. Who the fuck played it? Unfortunately, this topic is for the current relevant gaming market.
3: Sony is not not free on this. They also have an X. It's, it's a cross, but it's a fucking X, right? Yeah. So, X exists both on Nintendo Switch, I mean Nintendo, uh, Microsoft and Sony's. It's, it's on all three. And for me, the thing that I always come across is that a lot of games I'm seeing don't support the DualShock 4 controller. So, I have to emulate an Xbox 360 controller using my DualShock 4, and then the button prompts and quick time events will show up as Xbox controllers. While I'm using the DualShock Four, so when they press, when they have a giant X there, I'm supposed to press the Square button where the the DualShock Four is, but I there is already an X button on that too, which can be confusing. But I got used to it after so many years. But I could see how that could be confusing. I,
1: I am an ambidextrous wizard when it comes to Xbox One and PS4. Like I can switch between the two no problem. Mm-hmm. But the Nintendo one fucks me up, and it's so weird. Yeah,
2: any time I it hold a Nintendo, too. yeah, yeah, any time I hold a Nintendo controller, I'm just like, I don't know what button they want me to press here. It's
1: so weird because I did. I'm the same way. I grew up playing Super Nintendo. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, it's been. I guess it's because Microsoft and Sony have been dominant so long that it's just. I've just gotten used to those button combos.
2: Yeah. I mean, anytime it says hit X on, like, Zelda or something <laughs> yeah. like that, I'm like, I have to look down at the fucking controller.
1: Yeah, I got to think about it for a second. Like, you know how many times I've been, like, gliding, and then I'll do the stair-step gliding where I get further. Like, I'll drop myself and then glide again, drop myself and then glide again to go further. Like, half the time I'm trying to remember which button to press to putting the glider out again, and I just plop to my death. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Or then the there's L and then there's ZL. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, yeah. What? What? Which one's which?
1: I don't. I still don't know. If you asked me right now, if you had a gun to my head, I couldn't tell
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God
1: damn it, Nintendo! Yeah.
2: It, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's it, that that screws me up constantly.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's because you know while in the Super Nintendo days that was the you know Super Nintendo was the the last true third party machine. Yeah that's where I played all of my third-party games was on the Super Nintendo. I haven't played all my third-party games on a Nintendo system since then.
2: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. There was, there was a time where my PlayStation 2 screwed up, so I played a lot of third-party games on my GameCube because yes. that's all I had.
1: I had an Xbox, so, I mean, I was already learning that back then. My GameCube was a Sunshine slash Eternal Darkness slash Wave Race machine, you know? It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've grown so accustomed to the Xbox layout now, and I can switch into the PlayStation layout like even the X thing doesn't throw me off. Yeah. So, I don't know. Interesting question. It's it's neat to hear it from the perspective of somebody who thinks the Xbox slash PlayStation layout is weird.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I that that it's I think when we think about games that really taught us that muscle memory for pressing the button when it you see me press on the screen we think about games like god of war yeah that's like the that's like the game that really started teaching me where the buttons were because i needed to you need to press those fast like and really hard and really fast so you know you also have games uh yeah I, I guess those quick time events really started coming out during the ps2 xbox 360 kind of generation so that's when we started learning those uh <coughs> Shenmue. Memories,
0: Shenmue.
3: yeah Shenmue two. too
2: uh, even on top of that you 've got to keep into consideration uh, each game has their own way of doing things, so like you can normally say in most games where you jump, the jump button will be the first button there,
0: yeah. which
2: is usually x on PlayStation or a on the Xbox, but mm-hmm. then you have games that 's like, oh, jump is actually the triangle button or some shit like Fuck that, and that games. that completely yeah that completely throws you off too or games. how about? Uncharted, where you reload using a fucking bumper.
1: Gears War does that too.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like, but those are weird ass games. Normally, when you play a shooter, the square or the
0: X the, button the, is the, a the reload.
2: Call, the Call of Duty, yeah, control scheme. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, so you got to think about the different control schemes, and sometimes that just messes me up. So, like, what's the jump button on Zelda? A right. Which one's that one?
1: The far right.
2: The far right one.
1: Which so it's when, not
2: it's not the first button that you press. You know, the one that's closest to your thumb.
1: But for some it's reason... It's the one above that. Uh, for some reason, on the Switch controller, it feels like that's the button where my thumb defaults. I don't I know. Thought, I thought you didn't
3: like the button that was jump button and you changed it or something.
1: No, that's the run
3: button. Oh, run button. Okay. Yeah.
1: The, there's an option to change the, the hold down to run button. I changed that one. I don't know, it's weird.
2: There's a lot of factors in there.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, fuck it. You know what's weird? Here's a really weird one, going back to the Master Chief collection. Um, Halo changed the reload button between, like, 2 and 3, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because they switched the X button to uh, gear. So, like, when you could drop a shield and stuff. So, try playing Halo 2 and then going straight into Halo 3. (laughs) <laughs> if you want some weirdness <laughs> oh video games we got tweets we we'll do right. some tweets uh, I went back a little ways uh, I'm not going to read everything uh, Creed and Raid sent us one saying that the uh, he tweeted to uh, the Pokemon company achieved $3.3 billion in retail revenue last year and he just replied with hot damn
3: yeah, good stuff <laughs>
1: This is an awesome tweet. Uh, this comes from uh, Anthony. Uh, he sent us a picture. says, I'm extremely proud to share. My family just got bigger. Alice Quinn, two gamer chicks in the making. Ha ha. So congratulations on the addition to your family, sir.
3: Indeed, man. Congrats. We
1: had a lot of people replying saying happy Easter when I tweeted we weren't having a show last week because, well, It's Easter. Uh, Chandler says, no reason to go to work. Can't listen to the show while I do it. Why bother? Good, good, (laughs) yes,
3: yes. Yeah, work's overrated. We need money. (laughs) Fucking who cares?
1: Mookie sent us something, and all it says is, okay, gentlemen, listen up. It's Omega Boost time. Uh, It's a YouTube video, so I'm not going to click it, but anything with Omega Boost is good. Omega Boost. Omega (laughs)
3: Boost. Like on cue.
1: (laughs) Oh. All right. This next tweet uh, series of tweets is from Carlton. Okay. Uh, he says this is a quote there's nothing wrong with making a game more accessible. Ken, proof that N four G is old and full of filthy casuals. Oh. <laughs>
3: you are correct. Yep. Okay, sure.
1: Yeah. He also says if if the Witcher three if the Witcher 3's combat was hard for you, then you didn't use Quinn. You guys are not the bar for the average gamer either. LOL. True.
2: I I use Quinn a lot.
3: Yeah, I did
1: too. I still suck. I use it constantly. I still suck.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, The Witcher 3 is not an easy game by any means.
3: (laughs) It's it's so so rare for me to be called a casual or bad at games that I'm just enjoying it. This is good. Tell me more. You're the worst. No, this is cool, man. Fucking noob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey Ken, I think me and you need to play against Jay on Starcraft and record it. <laughs>
3: Maybe I can give you guys like a handicap. It could be like two on one or something. It'd be fun.
1: I think I think Drew needs to learn how to play the game before we even attempt oh, yeah, that's that. Dad, we'll, go, we'll go
2: in blind. Let's do a shit. Uh,
1: that's all I need is is me trying to explain to Drew how to do things while trying to manage my own base and just having Jay murder me in the first three minutes of the game. No, Drew's
3: Drew's gonna have like friendly fire on. It's gonna start attacking you by mistake. It's gonna be great.
1: Oh my god!
2: Can I be a rainer?
1: Um, no, you cannot. <laughs> Uh, Mookie says, belated happy Easter. Um, he says, it's probably the year of three RTS guys. Halo Wars on Steam, Remastered StarCraft, Dawn of War 3, and Halo Wars 2. You know, we forgot to mention that Halo Wars showed up on Steam this week. It's pretty
2: cool. I did not know that. Halo Wars 1 or 2? Halo
1: Wars 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is the remastered version, so there's that. Thanks, Microsoft. Uh, he says year of the fucking typo on my phone. Sorry. Uh, spicy or regular fried chicken?
3: Spicy every time, baby.
1: Um,
2: it depends on the mood.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a mood guy. There, like sometimes I feel like some spice. Sometimes maybe not.
3: But the thing about spicy is that to me, it's not. I, I'm not saying this because I'm Asian. Because as as far as like spicy goes, I'm actually really bad with spicy food. But when I think about spicy, you think like. Popeye's chicken, right? You can get like regular or you can get spicy. I think if you get regular, that just has no flavor. That's why I get the spicy. It's not because it's spicy, it just has better flavor to me. That's how it that's how it feels to me.
1: That's very interesting because I feel like Popeye's regular chicken is spicier than say like I don't know, like KFC or something. But I, Popeyes is good.
3: I like Popeyes.
2: Oh, yeah. I have I have Popeye never had Popeye's, Popeyes. chicken Oh my
3: god, you need oh, to have it. Drill. You haven't had Popeyes chicken? Oh. I don't think
2: there's any around here. Oh, you need
3: god. to look if, you, at, if uh, you can if you can find yourself get the spicy like four piece. Yeah, get get the mashed potatoes because <laughs> mashed potatoes yeah. are magical in that place.
4: You guys are making me want Popeyes yeah. chicken right now. And the closest I'm about to have one, to go get
3: some. Yeah,
1: the closest one near me is like maybe like a twenty minute drive. I got that... one right down the street. <laughs> oh, I hate you so bad right now. I need some Popeyes.
3: 20 minutes is worth the can you know it it, it really you know kind of is
1: yep. it, except that i have to like i would have to take my son cuz my wife's working and uh. that child on a road trip man man
2: <laughs> he just is that a sitcom in the making
3: he just he just don't stop he just he can't stop won't he's, stop he's a lucio player man can't, can't stop won't stop he won't he just
1: keep he's keep going uh Mookie says anybody watch the dota 2 tournaments the major series in kiev will start tomorrow
3: uh, no. When was this sent? Because uh, I would like to watch that.
1: Uh, I don't know. This was sent two hours ago.
3: Oh, okay. So it actually starts tomorrow. It actually starts Nita. tomorrow. Awesome. I'll totally watch that.
1: No, I'm not watching
3: that. Uh, this is competitive Dota is really fun. I'm
2: not much of a Dota person.
3: Yeah, Drew's all about them hots. Hey, Drew, why don't you tell him about your faceless voice story, eh?
2: Hey, we got that on video, man.
3: Yeah. It's, this, was, this was me, Mervatum. No, Drew! No! That was me screaming at him as he killed our entire team with his ultimate. And just team killed everybody. Just just froze us all in a place and we all died and we lost the game instantaneously.
2: Nice. What is why, why do they make an ultimate that affects your
3: teammates? <sighs> it's Drew... called a double-edged blade, my friend. Because the reward That's... is so high, they have to make the risk high too. But it was just in the wrong hands. <laughs> Yeah. The, the wrongest hence. You told ever. me to go faceless void.
2: If anybody wants to see that, you can find it on YouTube. It's us playing Dota 2. It's like yeah. what three matches
3: we recorded or something? Yeah, we we messed a few. It was fun, but that was that was a magical moment for sure.
2: I stuck to that poison snake thing guy. What was his name?
3: Uh like Medusa or something. Is it Venom? I don't know. There's no Venom in Dota 2?
2: I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a flying snake that shoots Venom. I guess.
3: Oh, 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 oh. I I think his name is, like, something Venom-related. Uh, I forgot. Viper. What it is. Yeah, Viper. There you go. There you
2: go.
1: What was, uh... This is, I'm losing nerd cred here, but what was... Uh, a Serpentor. I should have called him Serpentor. Serpentor. Or Nemesis Enforcer. But only if you could, like, get the... The, the um... The sound clip um, of Burgess Meredith yelling "Nemesis and Falsa. I'm totally nerd now, right now. Sorry.
3: I don't. I don't know what that reference. <laughs> I need is to watch it?
1: the GI Joe movie again. GI
3: Joe. Yeah. Oh, it's a GI Joe thing.
1: <laughs> Cobra. La 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 la. God damn it! This is. Oh man, that movie. It's hilarious. Uh, Anthony says, "Thank you, Jay and Drew, for getting me to give 999 another chance."
3: It's a great game. Awesome.
1: Uh, and Bargain Games are back on PS4. Nice to see the return of the B-tier games, released at $30 or below. He doesn't give it an example. I'm assuming... that is that how much 999 stuff is?
4: E- yes. The
2: collections, I think, are, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. I, I didn't know how much they were. I, was I think say,
2: Danganronpa is
3: as well, right? Uh, Danganronpa was actually probably even cheaper.
1: Most of the B-tier games, at least what I consider B-tier, are launching at like $40. bucks.
3: Uh, it's not that it's B-tier, it's just you know, ports remasters. Of yeah, games remasters that just came and out on PC. So yeah, hey, sometimes
1: sometimes people charge sixty dollars for remaster <laughs> Bulletstorm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I know mean, exactly what you're talking about.
1: Sorry, you know, stuck in my throat there. Uh, mm-hmm. Dustin says, "What if the new Metroid for the Switch was 3D in docked mode and 2D in mobile mode? That would be pretty damn cool." That's an interesting thing.
2: That'd be a lot of docking. It reminds and me, docking. Just
4: yeah, just thinking of that. It reminds me of. Um, like, I don't know, I think that would be a cool mechanic for a Metroid game, but I don't know if I'd like it tethered to docked or undocked. Like it just reminds me of the Paper Mario game on the Wii where
2: you it could did switch sh- between
4: two yeah. D and three D on the fly.
2: You had to change um, you had to point the controller at the screen yeah, and yeah. then it, turn it sideways.
4: Yeah, it was a cool, which was a cool mechanic, but I don't know that I'd like a mechanic like that attached to taking the Switch in and out of the dock, especially since... It scratches don't, the screen. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the screen will get all beat to death.
2: I, I really... You know, that's one game I did not like. I hated Super Paper Mario.
4: I don't know. I thought it was kind of neat. It was different, at least. It wasn't, wasn't the best, but it was different, at least.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh... Dustin says, in response to that great debate last episode, I would side with Jay in all games that don't need a Save Anywhere feature, but I do agree with Drew that Persona could do better with respecting your time and being able to save before long dialogue scenes.
2: Yeah, that that that's the biggest thing for me, because there's a lot of dialogue in that game, and
0: oh, yeah.
2: you know, it's, it's 1030 at night, I have to be up at 5am, let me just save at this cutscene please.
3: It's an interesting thing because people are just coming out of the woodwork talking about how they don't like using Hibernate. And the thing is, is it, it fascinates me because that never even crossed my mind. That's like a part of the game, part of the, part of the system itself. It's a, it's a functionality, so I assume that everyone used it. So when people are saying that they don't trust it and the game suffered because of it, that, that was actually an interesting thing to learn. Uh, he says, Ken, did you ever give her final
1: impressions on ukulele on the podcast? I must have missed it, or would like your take on it. I I don't remember <clears throat> if I did give final. I don't impressions. think
4: you did. I don't remember hearing your final impressions. Um,
1: that game is very much Banjo Three, and d- take that as good and bad. <laughs> um, if you can stomach that game again, if I mean, if you don't remember it, it was very collect upon heavy. Um, lots of camera issues. Some really poorly designed worlds here and there, but the charm is still there. And if you so,
4: so they didn't even fix the camera issues.
1: No, the camera issues are bad in that game. Oh, that sucks. That's the.
4: I mean, Jacob and I have tried to play through the first two Banjos um, through the Rare Collection. And man, I gotta tell you, I love those games on N sixty four. They're hard to play. Yeah, I they're mean, hard to go back and play.
1: Ukulele is is a lot of those same issues where the camera, while it, while you can move it around freely, it's it still gets stuck on stuff, and like sometimes it positions itself in a way that makes the platforming complicated. Um, mm-hmm. There is a world about halfway through the game that is absolutely atrocious, hated every minute I spent in that world. Um, but so much around that is is that old. Collect a thon platformer that you love. Uh, yeah. So you, you have to know that you can stomach that stuff if you want to play that game. Uh, in his final tweet says Also, is Voodoo Vents worth checking out? I've only played Fable <coughs> and Halo on Xbox. What are other games I missed out on? What well, you missed out on? KOTOR, Jade Empire. Yeah.
4: Wow. Those two, for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Voodoo Vents uh, for the price go buy that game it's 15 bucks uh, sure it still carries over all of its warts from the original version like they didn't fix them but for 15 bucks that's a hell of a fun little platformer and mm-hmm. I, I recommend it highly um, Chad wants to know I want to play Stein's Gate zero but Ooh. decided I should play through the first one I couldn't find must. Uh, couldn't find chaos head to PSN got a two-hour train commute now.
3: Wait, couldn't find chaos. He
1: said, "Chaos semicolon head."
3: Is that the name oh, of oh, dude, that's not. I I understand what you're talking about. That's not. No, Steins Gate Zero is is sort of a sequel to Steins Gate. So you don't have to play Chaos Head or anything like that. You just have to play Steins Gate, and then you play Steins Gate Zero. The other games. While they might take place in the same universe, I haven't played them personally, but this is what I heard. They might take take place in the same universe. They don't have anything to do with Steins story itself. So play Steins Gate, the regular one, which is also available on Vita, uh, PC, and PS. Actually, no, the original original Steins Gate is only available on PS3, Vita, and PC. And Steins Gate Zero is available on uh, PS4 as well. But yeah, don't don't play Chaos Head. The play play Steins Gate and then play Steins Gate Zero. There you go. All right. He also says, what if Microsoft
1: were to broker a deal to fully fund the completion of Star Citizen but remain exclusive to PC and Xbox slash Scorpio?
3: Is Star Citizen having funding
4: problems?
1: <laughs> Dude, didn't that game make like $90 million or yeah, yeah, I was going to say, that's what, that's what I was they thinking. How can
4: have funding problems when it's like they've got $18 million just sitting around probably going to get used for a, I don't know, to make the bathrooms more realistic?
1: That game is is a unicorn. I don't believe that game is real, and I don't really care honestly about that game. Like I never have. I, I the only reason we even talk about it is because it made so freaking much money on like crowdfunding, and it's and it's changed engines like twice or something. And like it just feels like it's not even really a game.
3: When when a game changes engines like repeatedly, that's like a big red flag for me because. It's very rare for a game to come out better than originally intended.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 truthfully, if if Microsoft you know got that exclusive, I'd just be like, I, I don't care.
3: It's got a hundred thousand subscribers on Reddit for uh-huh. a game that's not even like, out yet. People, dude,
1: out. people have spent more money on that game than they have games that are finished. Like
3: like uh, sh- micro stuff or is uh,
1: isn't like like if you buy into the game isn't like you buy a ship and it's like something like sixty to one hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Really, I- I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Like you have to buy your ship, um, and, it- and it actually costs real money. And it's like super. Like there's some ships out there that are like thousands of dollars. I think.
3: Um, I don't know. I I I'm very ignorant when it comes to Star Citizen because. Like space simulator isn't really my jam, so I haven't looked into it. All I know is just kind of like you, the the news like surrounding the game about how much money it made, like how much detail they're putting into like these like kind of not that important aspects of the game. From what I can tell, like they were talking about like how many times a, a laser beam reflects off reflectable surfaces. They're talking about like oh, this is the most times it can possibly reflect with this level of physics. And I was like, okay, sure. You totally. Yeah, when's the game coming out, though? You know, I mean, you,
1: you totally missed an opportunity to make a fucking great joke there.
3: Did I? What was it?
1: You said space simulators aren't my jam. You could have said they're not your space jam.
3: Oh my god, I failed myself and everyone else. Oh, oh I feel so bad right now. <laughs> Oh, oh Like
1: bomb. like it just sat there on the tip of my tongue till you were done oh, talking I was like Space no. Jam what are you doing
3: oh, I, I, I need that power to restart This day I make that joke <laughs> <proper>. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find a way I'll be back I'll see you again in 12 hours uh, Alright uh, last
1: tweet is also Chad He says for any of you on the fence For buying Scorpio Is there an exclusive IP that would sway you I would buy it for a Lost Odyssey sequel
4: Mm. I knew Knights of the Old Republic would sway me that direction, but I doubt it would be Yeah, exclusive. that
1: wouldn't be exclusive, no way. Not, no. not with EA I... having the rights uh to Star Wars yeah. and Bioware. No way. Yeah.
3: That's 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 tough because we basically know every game that's gonna come out in Scorpio is also gonna come out on PC. So For I sure. don't think there is a single game that that would ever sell me. If there was one though, like hyper you know, so like the dream game, right? Yeah, like if Zone of only... Enders three came out
4: <laughs> for the
3: Scorpio and <laughs> exclusively to the Scorpio, I'll probably buy it.
4: Zone of Enders, that's Zone of Enders,
3: really? Yeah. That's the that's that's the a fucking unicorn game for, me, for the <laughs> longest time. You guys don't hear me talk about it because I could get into details, but I uh, can talk about that game.
1: My God, yeah. um, if I wasn't already going to buy one, I'm thinking of everything that's out. And knowing what will and will not be exclusive, I would say Conquer. Like a straight, brand new, platforming Conquer from Rare.
0: Yeah.
1: Conquer.
4: Okay.
2: I don't really know. I don't think there is anything.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to think of a. Um, so this is going to sound awful. Um, I, was a, I was primarily an Xbox gamer after the original Xbox came out. And then also during the 360 days, I can't think of a single Microsoft <laughs> IP that I have any interest in anymore. They, uh, they killed my interest in Halo. Um, I never had any interest in Gears of War. Um, I like Forza, but man, I just, and I feel the same way about Gran Turismo. I, I don't have the time to invest in those games the way I would like to. Um, especially with actual, my preference obviously is story-driven games, and all racing games do is take up time that I could be spending on something with a story. At this point in my life,
1: hey, Fortune so Horizon just, has a story, kind of.
3: Yeah,
4: I'm sure that's. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about like Alan Wake? Right, Alan Wake? No, no, not enough. Okay, no, and I'm not a, I'm not like a horror genre. Uh, yeah. I like Alan Wake anyway. like a lot. Or um, I'm not a survival horror guy at all, mm-hmm. so I've never gotten into Resident Evil or any of those. Oh, um, really? The only survival, the only survival horror game I ever liked was uh, Eternal Darkness. So
1: you know, it's it's weird. Like 360 wasn't really like you're you're naming all the games of 360. Like 360 wasn't an exclusives machine for me. No,
4: what? no, 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 no. It it wasn't really for me either. It yeah. wasn't that. That's the thing. I'm, I think I made this point a couple weeks ago. Is this generation flipped me from a uh, someone who bought all of the multi-platforms on Xbox to someone who buys all of his multi-platforms on PS4 because yeah. of performance and because I like the controller and because it's the one that I bought first. Um, And it's the one that I bought first, honestly, because there were exclusives that I wanted. Right. Yeah. So – um. And, uh, you know, this this generation, um, you know, I know I'm I'm just one consumer, but this generation, Microsoft has not won me back as a primary consumer of their machine. Um, I have one. So I I guess they won me back as a consumer in that aspect. Um, But my attach rate is very, very low for (laughs) games uh, on the on the Xbox one. Yeah, it's weird. I just th- don't buy games for it.
1: It's weird to think that the original Xbox had more, like, original things than the 360 yeah. did.
4: Phantom Dust.
1: Mecha Salt.
4: Mecha Salt, C- yeah.
1: Crimson Skies.
4: Yeah, yeah. Man, i tell you what, Mecha Salt was great. Yeah.
1: I mean, not all of them were good. I mean, Blinks the Cat was interesting, but it wasn't great. Um... Oh, there's another a, one.
3: There was a breakdown game, right? Breakdown yeah. brute force. I like that game.
1: Brute force yep. wasn't great, but it was Yeah, brute force
3: wasn't good. It, but was, it was but, it, but it was
1: something, you know? It was
3: something and, uh, else. Did MechWarrior Warrior come out for Xbox originally? No, no. no just they just had Mech, Mech Assault instead. They want the giant controller was that for 360? Oh, yeah, steel Battalion. Yeah, steel Battalion. That was, that was that for Xbox? Original or? Xbox? Yeah. Oh, what's, dude, what's that strange. game was fucking
4: baller. And this will sound like blasphemy to some people, but I think what was so appealing about the original Xbox um, is in some ways it felt more like um, it felt more like another Dreamcast yeah. than the PlayStation did. In that I felt like there were a lot of like Microsoft was clearly hungry to try and build a footprint, and there were a lot of games that were in either genres or just games that had risks in them that I didn't feel like you got other places. Yeah, uh, and the, that that obviously once the 360 launched and it became the dominant machine. Um, that sort of went by the wayside.
1: It's kind of weird that, I mean, you know, Microsoft got all of the. Essentially, they got all the Dreamcast games. They got, uh, Set Radio, they got Shinmu, they got, um, Panzer Dragoon, like, Sega GT, like, all of those games went exclusively to Xbox. So that's probably why it felt like a Dreamcast.
3: Yeah, that's true. When uh, Sega stopped making consoles, they started making things for Xbox, mostly.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the only the only existing version of Shenmue that you can play um, uh, two, is on the original Xbox.
3: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, because that's the reason why I never got to play Shenmue 2, because I had no one the on Xbox. Yeah,
1: it was yeah. only on it, and Microsoft paid for that. Like, that was such a difference. That's what I want them to go back to. Because the 360 turned them into Sony... At the launch of the PlayStation 3. And they didn't try.
3: It's true. When you're at top, you know, you just kind of stop trying.
1: Yeah. And then PlayStation 4 came in and basically nailed what the the original uh, PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360 did.
3: Yeah. Well, and the thing about Sony is that with the release, the things that they did, like, first quarter of this year has been just, like, mind-blowing as far as, like, exclusives are concerned for sure, Sony. Sure, So I just want the Microsoft to be that, you know, that, that you know, they're out, they're, they're down but not out kids. They want to come back. They always come back, usually pretty strong during the fall, and that's when I want them to, like, hit Sony hard with those really crazy exclusives and these, uh, like, things that we never really expected, because we're always talking about sequels and current IPs, but I want new things.
1: I want, Yeah, I want some weird stuff. Like, I'm hoping... Because Phil Spencer's, you know, been out there talking about how he's been over in Japan, talking to people. I want some really weird shit for that machine yep. to launch either this fall or early next year. Because that's when everything is good. When everybody is trying super hard, that's when shit is really good. And I that's think it would great. be really beneficial for him to get a bunch of these really interesting Japanese games to the system while they may be late. I still think it would be good to have them there. Like if they announced Near or Neo or oh well, Neo's published by Sony, so that wouldn't work. Yeah. But like some some of these other weird kind of quir- like why the hell isn't Kingdom Hearts collections on Xbox? The third game is coming to Xbox.
2: That's, yeah, I never yeah. figured that out either. Yeah,
1: like like go pay that money to get those things
3: because they mean something to people. Maybe Square has a contract with uh, Sony in terms of Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts Three is coming to the Xbox, right? Yeah, in in America, yeah. it was
1: canceled in Japan. Because let's be fair, there's like twelve <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, Xbox, it doesn't matter. Yeah, in Japan.
3: Uh, but that's the thing. So if you're gonna be able to get Kingdom Hearts Three, who the hell is gonna play Kingdom Hearts Three without like having played Kingdom Hearts One and Two on the Xbox? Yeah, I don't. I can't really think of many people that would do that. So it'd be nice if the collection was also on Xbox.
1: Well. You know, in the next thirty days, we're gonna be doing that E3 prediction show. So,
0: yeah, keep oh those, boy,
1: keep them ideas in the back of your head. Eh. I, I did an interesting little tidbit before we get out of here. I heard the other day that Sony's saying God of War will be out this year.
3: I like playable. Out. Out, out this year, really? Yeah.
1: That's what oh, I man. said when I heard the news. I'm like,
3: that'd be awesome. Know,
1: no doubt. Like, when is the last time Sony had a killer fall game? And you wanna talk no, it's, about
3: a, it's been a minute.
1: You wanna talk about a killer fall game? Yeah. I'm fucking God of War, baby.
4: <laughs> That'll be the killer fall game. Imagine
1: God yeah. of War running on the PS4 Pro, four K Res oh my
3: God. Oh my god. So much potential for God of War. It's been it's been a long ass time since we I, I actually played the last God of War game that I'm just hungry for that
4: experience. Yeah, and right that now.
1: game looks really interesting.
4: Well, they they haven't even, they didn't even kill my interest with the awful ending of God of War 3, so.
1: Yeah. They didn't kill your interest with God of War Ascension.
4: <laughs> I didn't play God of War Ascension. <laughs> don't ever actually, do actually, that. Keep it that way.
1: Yeah, don't ever do that.
4: What's funny is I may have, and I just don't remember it. That's entirely possible. I remember That's...
1: one thing about God of War Ascension, and that is the snake.
4: I think I think there were
3: like harpy chicks with tits or something. That like was at the
1: beginning. That's the be- okay. like you always remember the beginning. But there's a yeah. section in that game where you have to climb this giant coliseum that is a snake, and that's the yeah, one definitely thing we didn't play that. Yeah, I remember about that game. It's not good. It's not. It's not a good game. But anyway, that's our tweets. If you want to tweet at us, it's at M four G Uh If you want to shoot us an email, it's podcasts at ztgd. dot uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, and I bet you didn't think I noticed this, but Ryan changed his Twitter handle. No, I didn't. I tried to tweet what? at you the other day at Wombold and it was not there.
4: Oh, maybe I did. I think you're right.
2: <laughs> you did change it.
3: <laughs> I did. Wait, how <laughs> I did do you not know you changed your own Twitter handle, Ryan? Come I on, couldn't man. remember.
1: So, his Twitter yeah, handle yeah, is yeah, no yeah. longer Wombold, It is now wombatrp.
4: Right, yes it is. So yeah.
1: okay. I'm glad I knew that because you sure as shit didn't
4: Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I I changed it, I forgot. Yeah. Why why did you change it? Um just to I don't know, privacy reasons I guess is the best way for me to put it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I the same it. reason I the same reason I have it locked, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. So well if you want to follow him you gotta get his permission, but it's now at Wombat RP. Uh, Drew's at DML Fury and Jay's at J. Jay, you can follow me and the site at ZTGD. Drew, there was no Phoenix Down this week. Is there going to be a Phoenix Down next week?
2: Yes, there will be a Phoenix Down.
1: Alright. we talking about what it is? No. Okay. It's a surprise. No, yeah,
2: I mean, it, well, it's not a surprise. I mean, it's Wolfenstein.
3: Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, Wolfenstein. Yeah, we mentioned that uh, you guys are kind of taking a while to get the first episode out, huh?
2: The reason why is because yeah. we couldn't figure out a day for Matt to record. Uh, they're still trying um, to get through
1: that intro, which is the worst part of that game. Oh good. No, I'm kidding. I'll it's honest, it's not I'll... bad. It's just really bland compared to everything that happens after that intro.
4: Yes, agreed.
2: Yeah. It's a really good. So game. yeah, but now we are going to be recording this week.
1: Awesome. So there will be a new Phoenix. Now follow them on the Twitter at ZTGD Phoenix down. Yep. You can vote on you know, ruining Drew's life by making him play The Last of Us again. I, it wasn't bad. <laughs> At least your memories of The Last of Us were better than your memories
3: of Alone in the Dark.
2: Let's Fuck speak. Alone in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> the you
3: were fucking... really excited to get back into Alone in the Dark, too. That's the most tragic thing about it. The fucking stones. Fuck you and your stones. Fuck your stones. Alright. Unless anybody has
1: anything else, that is it.
3: We uh, we ran <sighs> long today, filling up for that one week we missed. Jeez,
1: it's not really that long. We run longer.
3: No, we
4: usually run about this long. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, sure. But anyway, that's it.
1: Nobody has anything else. but get out of here.
0: Epic fail. Welcome to the
4: N4G podcast. Oh, you okay? it's me, Mario. Zero,
1: this is gonna be a very interesting episode.
4: Yeah. Greetings program. I got lost trying to find my way to the secret underground n 4 radio layer. The back.
0: Uh, And... I I'm be Wolverine! Play games not cost No bad boys allowed. Uh, and, then, uh, and, and then I killed the dragon. Then I no, killed the, no. dragon. the dragon.